0: salutations welcome to pod mortem i'm renee hunter vasquez joined as always by my co-host my husband and my brother
1: hi i'm john paul vasquez i am travis hunter
0: this week we're recording live from the monican minds discussing the 2014 found footage horror film the taking of deborah logan this film was directed by adam robital and written by robital and gavin heffernan the taking of Deborah Logan provides a new take on found footage horror, mixing a legitimate reason for filming and strong performances with the very real subject of Alzheimer's disease. This film was recommended to us by friends of the show, Brittany Ramatar, Molly Gerhart, Sandra Escalera, and Suze. We thank them so much for their support and for their suggestions. So, what did you guys think of the taking of Deborah Logan the first time you saw it?
2: I'll be honest. I don't remember when we very first watched it. Mm -hmm. I know I've seen it a few times, and I do like the movie. I do want to start off by saying I do enjoy this movie, but for the show, it kind of I (laughs) (laughs) kind of hurt the movie watching it. You know, taking it apart. Yeah. uh, You do kind of see some some problems, or you know, and it, it it did it did hurt the movie for me, but I do enjoy it.
1: I can definitely agree. It's difficult. May and I were talking earlier about it's kind of a miracle that any film holds up to the scrutiny of like doing a podcast on it. Right. To where you're like picking apart every little thing and you're like, no, it's still a 10. Yeah. <laughs> like that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, so that's a lot. That's genuinely amazing. But I, I really enjoyed this film the first time that I saw it. And I think I've seen it maybe mm-hmm. one time after that before we decided to cover it for the show. And I really enjoyed it then. But along with JP, I think that being so critical and watching it with a critical eye, kind of, uh, there is some stuff that sticks out as a little, you know.
0: I mean, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. But, I mean not completely excuse everything but this is a 90 minute movie Uh Mm uh-huh it packs a punch i think and i don't think that when they made it they were like now even if you pause every 30 seconds to take notes it's still gonna (laughs) hold up
1: you know what i mean it's not look i i look at this movie as like the perfect like friday night horror movie right yeah you know you throw it on you have a fun time watching it yeah yeah and even so it does have i mean An interesting allegory attached to it. Yes, it does. And it's kind of deeper than the film needs to be. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, there's some stuff here. And I, I will admit, I'm not the biggest fan of found footage films Mostly because I was spoiled by the Blair Witch Project, right? Right. It's very hard when baby's day out was the best day of your <laughs> life <laughs> <laughs> to watch. Like any other kind of found footage, just kind of feels like a step down from the Blair Witch Project to me. But I mean, I think it, they did well. It's an interesting idea, and I think that there's a lot to enjoy here. There's one scene that I will just call jaw dropping. Mm-hmm. yes for the moment <laughs> yeah. right. and i think that probably sticks to me more than really anything else in the movie yeah mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that everything else that's there is uh forgettable or anything right.
0: i agree with you to the extent that it went harder than it had to yes right. and i appreciate that i remember when it came out and i was like rolling my eyes i didn't see it when it came out right, i watched right. it for the first time with you
3: mm-hmm.
0: i would say in the last couple years probably last few years but i remember seeing the trailers and stuff and i just i feel like i i do enjoy found footage horror but i think because it can be easier to make there's a lot of trash Mm -hmm. to wade through Mm -hmm. and so when i see found footage horror and everybody's like this is the scariest movie since the i'm like okay sure (laughs) is that how they talk right (laughs) 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 and then the taking of the right. possession of the exorcism any movie with the title like that i'm like i'm turned off See, yeah, and yeah.
1: the market was not only saturated with the found yes. footage yeah. but those titles yes
0: i'm like so really like you know in the trailer it's like that looks like it could be scary is it gonna be scary it's fucking not i already know it's not yeah. like that the title's ridiculous i'm fucking sick of possession films and it's fun, like i'm good but <laughs> finally watching it i was like holy shit there were moments that were fucking scary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Alzheimer's is so fucking scary on its own. Mm-hmm. So to introduce that as well as this other angle to it, I, f- I feel like it was a very thoughtful. What did you say? Allegory. Yeah. I just was very surprised by it. And I really, really enjoyed it. I think I've seen it twice before um, we worked on it for the show. Mm-hmm. And... I loved it the the two times that I saw it and I still really, really like it. There is stuff when like our job is to kind of hold up a microscope Mm -hmm. and, you know, you you see the seams sometimes when you hold up a microscope. But Mm -hmm. I still feel like if you haven't seen this, you should definitely see it because some of the like you were saying, some of the visuals in this are like, oh, yeah, fuck. fuck. (laughs) (laughs) They're insane.
1: Yeah, it's honestly, I mean. In all fairness, probably one of the better found footage films I've seen. For sure. And I think that part of it is because... Now, I think this is where it gets me where I find it so intriguing. Right. Is that it starts off so grounded. Right, right. And then it explodes into what it explodes yes. into. Mm-hmm. And that's not easy to pull off because you're ge- you're getting us here at the beginning and then you're like, okay, now hold on. Yeah. Because we got some yeah. shit planned. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's nuts. But... I, I do think that one thing I want to talk about is very commendable. I was reading about the background of this film and according to birth movies, death, they had, I think some test screenings whenever the film was not completely complete and right. obviously they did not go well. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it, to the dismay of everybody working on it, it was not given a theatrical release. Right. It was given DVD and video on demand and not even a blu-ray release huh. Jeez. yeah they were like that's not worth it. <laughs> it it got a blu-ray release i think finally in 2020 oh wow yeah, yeah because it had grown this audience yeah. through uh netflix whenever it got on netflix well, like a ton that's i think that's where i saw it first yeah. yeah i was
0: gonna say that's the thing is i don't think i've ever talked to anybody who's seen this movie and then being like oh that sucked
1: yeah. no, i yeah, never heard no, that yeah, not yeah. at all and I think that that's... It's honestly, for me, I like hearing kind of a underdog success story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this definitely feels like one where you're told by your distributor that your film's kind of garbage and they're just going to dump it. And then it gets this following online. I did read also that two of the biggest supporters of the film were lee winnell and james wan hey Hey. those guys uh, yeah Yeah. again (laughs) they said that robitel actually got his directing gig for the fourth insidious film based on the back of this oh wow very cool and so it's just like you know not only was it this little what's the fucking little engine Engine that that could could, yeah what is that because
0: he says i think i can so he does i mean that's cool yeah
1: But yeah, it was one of those, I guess.
0: (laughs) Now, before we connect this film's call, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, then let's open wide. The film opens with the text. The following film includes a partially edited medical documentary, outtakes, and surveillance footage from the scenes of the crime. We get a quick cut of traveling down a road with the date October 12th, 2013.
1: Now, I just have to say off the top, Mm -hmm. the little text at the beginning, Mm -hmm. I think we've moved past the need for this and found footage films. I already know this isn't real. I feel like It's
0: It's literally almost like homage at this point yeah to me. it's like we we have to like yeah. <laughs> we all know this isn't real but we have to pretend that it is right. i don't know
1: three college students yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, get up.
0: but the text continues medical student mia who and her documentary crew travel to eczema virginia to meet with alzheimer's patient deborah logan and her daughter sarah now i did want to point out something really quick um that kind of sent me on a spiral because I was very confused. Mm -hmm. They address her as Mia who Mm -hmm. in this text on everything else. She's Mia Medina. I saw that too. Yeah. (laughs) And
1: made even worse by me watching a featurette. And when they interviewed the actress, like they obviously had the actress's name, Uh but then underneath it said she was playing the character of Leah.
0: (laughs) 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 And so I was like, what? God damn it. I just I know it's not a big deal. Obviously, it doesn't pertain really. Her last name doesn't matter in the film, but I was like very confused. It just felt like a very big oversight. Right. Everything else that I saw was Medina. IMDb is Medina. It's just weird.
1: Well, in all fairness, it kind of is a big deal that your main character's name is wrong. Yeah, (laughs) you're right. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Might be a sign of some attention to detail to come. But well, you know, who knows? Hey,
0: (laughs) watch it, buddy. (laughs) but we cut to mia medina played by michelle ong pulling up to the logan home a huge beautiful house i was like oh shit Mm -hmm. with her is her crew gavin played by brett gentile and louise played by jeremy DeCarlos. as the car pulls up sarah logan played by ann ramsey jogs alongside it smoking a cigarette laughing and clueless about where they should park when they ask
1: I just need to call out from the top. Please. Anne Ramsey is just cool as shit. I yeah. like
0: love her so yeah. much. It's funny because we, I know <laughs> I'm rewatching Dexter right now. Mm-hmm. And she's in season three. Yeah. And so I had just seen her in that recently. Uh-huh. She is. in everything that I've ever seen her and she's phenomenal
1: Uh I've only seen her in these two things yeah but it's enough to where I would watch anything with her I remember there's something
0: so weirdly magnetic about her like I remember because me and my dad were obsessed with CSI the OG CSI Mm -hmm. and so we would watch it every week and there's this one episode that she's on uh, spoilers for a 21 year old episode of CSI (laughs) (laughs) but
3: she's just in case
0: (laughs) 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 she's in an episode where it's her and um, Bree from Desperate Housewives, the redhead, Marsha uh, Cross. Marsha Cross. <laughs> Why do I know that? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, but her husband. I was thinking Marsha. I was that. thinking no. Marsha Gay Harden, but that's Mrs. Carmody. <laughs> um, Marsha's husband dies, and it's suspicious. And then it. She's. Anne Ramsey's the secretary or the assistant or something. And it turns out that they pair up and they do this. One of them marries the guy. One of them's the assistant and they kill him and take his money. Mm. And ever since then, I was like, there's I like that lady and she's a murderer. And I don't know why, (laughs) (laughs) but there's just something so memorable about her. And, and I would say in this film, especially she's so, like authentic like yeah. she makes sarah a real person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't know i really liked her as ellen wolf as well in dexter yeah
1: for like i think the thing is there's something not only magnetic about her yeah. right. but oddly alluring like whenever she smiles i smile yes. <laughs> like i don't know yeah, I, yeah. i'm
0: like i just want to be friends with ann ramsey yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> And it's funny to me because we were talking about how she's on Dexter, and in this she's like in a Deborah Morgan cosplay. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs)
0: down to the button downs. Yeah, that's hilarious. And I do
1: apologize if I accidentally call this film "The Taking of Deborah Morgan." We Uh, were—I've been doing that so much. We
0: were talking about it the other day, and he did it twice on accident. So purely accidental. Yeah, not
2: uh, not his sister. No. No.
0: But anyway, when they finally do park, Mia gets out of the car to shake Sarah's hand. But instead, Sarah greets her with a big hug. She shakes the crew's hands and makes a show of straightening up her clothes so that she can be on camera. I just, she's delightful. Yeah. yeah. They walk around the side of the house and Sarah warns the crew that her mother can come off salty, but it's all just an act. Her mom is actually excited for them to be there. She says that she cleaned like the president is coming to dinner. <laughs> When they get around to the back of the house, Sarah calls after her mother who says she was back here, but she's gone now. The camera cuts to Sarah confirming with Mia that they do have the grant money that was promised on the flyer because they're counting on it.
1: It seemed funny to me that they would do this in front of the camera.
0: There's a couple <laughs> things where I'm like, Luis, why are you filming? Right yeah. Now? <laughs> <laughs> But Mia confirms to her that they do have the grant money and that Sarah and her mother will even be helped with some of their medical bills. They just need to make sure that they're a good fit for the project. They walk into the woods on the property and Sarah gives them all the rundown to get on her mother's good side. Pleases and thank yous, smiles, basically just kissing her ass.
1: But in all fairness, isn't that just being a decent human yeah. being? Right.
0: <laughs> now, don't cuss her out. Yes. I know mean, she's a huge bitch, right? <laughs> she, she doesn't she like me. She hates that. <laughs> <laughs> At least she's warning them. <laughs> That's true. <Yeah. laughs> she's all uppity. Yeah. <laughs> but in the woods, they finally find Sarah's mother, Deborah Logan, played by Jill Larson. And we did shout out Anne Ramsey, but Jill Larson. Dude. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow.
1: This film belongs to her. Yes. And it's refreshing for me to see people putting so much of themselves into a role. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, I love it. And I had looked on IMDb because she looked familiar, mm-hmm. but I couldn't place it. And even looking on there, I couldn't place anything either. But I did find that for 24 years, she was a soap actress on All My Children. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seven, nice. i think they said 760 episodes Holy shit. yeah and she had I, an interview i read on iHorror. not only was this her first horror film mm-hmm. but she had never seen a horror film get before. out yeah
0: <laughs> she does an amazing job oh yeah it's just meeting this woman right here with her little outfit and her hair like you do not expect her to take us where she takes deborah right, logan do right. you know what i mean no of course yeah I had to stop for a second because I thought I might have a Morgan. Morgan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say I feel like that's one thing that a lot of found footage films don't necessarily go for, mm-hmm. which is Deborah and Sarah feel like characters. Yes. No.
2: yeah. Uh, that, I think that for me, what why I really enjoyed the movie was, like you said, they feel like real people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't i'm not it, it's not hard for me to be like are you know you kind of disconnect with it because of the characters but these people you like just like that you're like oh shit you're concerned uh-huh. yes. you want to be part of the story of what's going on yeah,
1: yeah and their relationship yeah yeah like they have really good chemistry I think that also is kind of a downside because then you look at Mia, Luis and Gavin
0: and they're not fully fleshed out. Yeah. No. Yeah.
1: Are they us? Like are right. they surrogates? <laughs> <Basically>. <laughs> they're just a blank. They're mannequins. <laughs> Sometimes. You're, <supposed laughs> <to, Yeah. laughs>
0: you're supposed to put yourself on it. Oh. It's a blank canvas. Very cool. But Deborah's raking up leaves with her friend Harris, played by Ryan Katrona, and putting leaves into a wheelbarrow. Sarah makes introductions, but Deborah is in a hurry to wrap up what she's doing and put all her supplies back so that they're ready for her when she needs them next.
1: I was surprised to see Eugene Hofstetter from Mad Men.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's I don't see him in a lot of things. And so a lot of times if I do see him in anything, it's just Mad Men that I... You're just uh <laughs>
0: leonardo cabrio exactly the point yeah just,
1: <laughs> and i think it's good i think that's one thing that i really love about not necessarily low budget horror mm-hmm. but just horror that isn't studio mm-hmm. right, it's right. You, you get an opportunity for a lot of these really good character actors to yeah. come in mm-hmm. because they're not asking for 50 million dollars right. right and they can put on a performance that is memorable i was oh, gonna yeah. say and they
0: shine when given the chance yeah
1: mm-hmm. like all three of them do that here yeah oh yeah
0: but as Deborah puts her things back into the barn, she tells Mia that she's interested in the educational aspects of the project, but she's not looking to be exploited or end up the butt of anyone's joke. Mia and Sarah reassure her that that's not why they're here. Mia tells Deborah that her grandfather had Alzheimer's, so this is more than just a grade to her. This softens Deborah a little bit, who admits that she's just a very private person and she's having second thoughts.
1: So I do have to say that if they were going to exploit her, it's almost like Zodiac when he's like, I'm not the Zodiac. And if I were, I certainly wouldn't tell you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, would they be like, oh no, this is exploitative? Yeah. 100%. <laughs> no, we're going to embarrass the yeah, fuck out of absolutely. you. Absolutely. But Deborah apologizes for the trip that they made here, but she says she's just not the right fit for this. She immediately heads back inside, and Sarah, in disbelief, runs in after her. Behind the camera, Gavin asks Mia, Isn't her grandfather on vacation in New Zealand? Mia admits to the lie saying that Deborah just needed a little nudge.
2: Sly dog, huh? Yeah, I was or mad. Shitty person. <laughs>
0: well, yeah. Well, I mean she they're they're
2: trying to do their study. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I I it was a shitty thing to do, but I understand why she did it. You it's know, she's uh, like, "Come on, man, let's let's get this going." I mean, we came a long <laughs> let's way. Get this, you know? yeah.
1: I'm trying to get an A <laughs> here, yeah, I was like, oh, no. but my grades. Yes, know?
2: I mean, but I see that. I think that too, because uh, I thought they were just like I know it was for school, but. I thought they're doing like a like this is a medical study, right? Yeah. Right. So I mean, I guess it's, it is a good thing, kind of. But you don't need to lie about it. No, yeah. that, that's it's very- the issue.
0: Is they said if this is the right fit, they're already going to be financially compensated. Right. So I feel like kind of ethically, it's fucked to yeah, also be like no. trying to her emotionally right yeah and
1: to again admit to the camera that you're not yeah oh no I, fucking oh, no, I lied. Lied. like oh, oh you're filming like, no. yeah oh shit <laughs> but I think like just again ethically for me Especially whenever what they're trying to do is good. Yeah. yeah. You're tainting it with yeah. this. Yeah. And uh, another thing, I read that the actress who plays Mia is from New Zealand.
0: Yeah. Later on, you can you definitely can, yeah. hear yeah. It. <laughs> I, I read a thing that they were like... And nothing against Michelle Anc, because she does a better American accent than I could ever do a New Zealand accent. Uh-huh. But he was like the uh director was like she can just turn it on and off and i was like mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right it's
1: like well was the switch in the middle or... <laughs> but you no know, I, I i mean again nothing against her because she does well she does
0: for the majority yeah it's, right. it's really good
1: but uh, my thing is if you're saying that her grandfather is in new zealand why not just give her the accent i know let her use her accent yeah, yeah. that accent's awesome
0: but uh, it is yeah <laughs> they're like no we need an american yeah. though <laughs> like what the <laughs> fuck i don't get it i know.
1: <laughs> well, that's strong. <shrunk. laughs> <I hate it.
0: laughs> but I, I feel like this is necessary to kind of establish a character arc for Mia. Yeah? Because it's almost like she's like, this isn't just a grade. Like, it negates everything she said after it. If you start it with a lie, like the rest of it, you know yeah, yeah. you lie. This is a grade to you, and you need to get your assignment done and your grandfather's on vacation. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean?
1: And they do attempt to give this payoff later,
0: but it's like, okay. It's, yeah. a little- I mean, it's-, <laughs> it's kind of Man, all right. <laughs> <We'll talk. laughs> but they invasively film Sarah and Deborah arguing through the window of the house. Sarah tells her mother that if she wants to keep her house, she's going to have to sacrifice. But Deborah puts her foot down. She doesn't care what she said. She changed her mind and she's not doing it. We watch Sarah sit down at the kitchen table and begin to cry. As Mia explains to Gavin that they're basically broke. Deborah's behind on her house. So it puts Sarah in a tough position sarah continues to cry saying that she's trying as hard as she can deborah comforts her and says that everything will be fine but sarah shakes her head and deborah notices them film from the window but doesn't say anything she just looks at them well because she's like are these motherfuckers yeah, yeah. i said not to explain yeah. he can see you yeah
1: <laughs> has she signed a release i don't know oh yeah I think we will never
0: stop filming <laughs> never <laughs>
1: I do have to say they say that she's behind on the house, but we kind of learned that they've had this house for like fifty years. Well, yeah. you know,
0: sometimes. How long was that mortgage? A yeah. <laughs> hundred years. <laughs> but Sarah says that they need the money and they need help, and it cuts to black. In the next scene, the crew rings the doorbell at the Logan house, and we get text that reads: One week later, Mia cautions the men to be on their best behavior because Deborah is a proper old lady.
1: We already met her. <laughs> and- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they should have She's been. She's reminding
0: them. They're like, Specific- it's been a week. Yeah, <laughs> a lot could happen in a week. I guess specifically Gavin because I don't think he has manners. No, <laughs> dude. We'll get to that in a second. He's
1: wired differently. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sarah answers the door happily, hugging Mia again and saying how glad she is that they came. Deborah stands with a smile on her face, but she does look a little uneasy. Mm-hmm. Deborah shows the film crew the dining room, but it's her painting room now because they don't entertain anymore. Sarah says that her mother is an amazing artist but Deborah disputes this she tries to remember the name of a bird that she painted on the wall and Gavin identifies it as a blue-tailed finch
1: all right Stan Euris. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um I was like they had to have mentioned that for a reason like it's mm-hmm. such a specific bird so I kind of looked online and it's a Native American symbol for hope oh
1: yeah um
0: so yeah I mean take, okay take yeah. it with it what you will yeah I like that but Deborah's just happy that Gavin knows about birds. But Sarah takes a small statue out of his hand and sets it back down. Yeah. She's like, no, 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 no. Like, yeah. Why are you picking that up? But it gets worse. Mm-hmm. In the next room, Gavin touches the chandelier and is like, is this Bavarian crystal? Yeah.
1: <laughs> why is he being a pain in the ass? I don't know.
0: He's gently chastised by everyone. I think Sarah's like, oh, you're a curious guy, huh? Yeah.
1: Right? yeah, trying to keep it funny. But it's <laughs> like, are you five years yeah. old? <laughs>
0: As they head upstairs, Gavin asks if there's a Starbucks in town and is told no. <laughs> Let's read the room, dude. Yeah. Once upstairs, Deborah shows them Sarah's room, which is the room that she had as a child. They go inside, and Deborah says that she hasn't touched the room since Sarah left. Sarah loved cars, and there are still framed photographs of cars on the wall, and she loved to play baseball, so there's still a ball and mitt on the counter of the vanity. Deborah comments that she was never really allowed in her daughter's room. I feel like their relationship is so it rings so true mm-hmm. because i mean it's like a fussy mom and her daughter that's just trying to be herself yeah. and so like even if she's like wow she loved cars and she loved baseball i was never really allowed in here though like it's still yeah, not, yeah. i don't know it, it just feels very real
1: well she's got this almost like waspy yes like yeah. passive aggressive yes yeah, exactly yeah. but it works so well playing off yes. of sarah uh-huh. i just love it
0: but next, Deborah shows the room that Gavin and Luis will be staying in. There's a mattress on the floor and an inflatable mattress that needs to be blown up. Gavin is clearly disappointed. Yeah. And Sarah's like, thank her, thank her, thank
3: yeah. her. You and to so be he
0: reminded? Does. She's like whispering to him, thank her. Yeah. He's like, oh, this is great. Like, yeah. he's fucking, I'm like, dude. <laughs> She's putting you up. You could be in a hotel. Yeah, I know. No joke. You
1: could be paying. Yeah. All right. So Mia's dead to me. Now, Gavin, (laughs) like, Luis, you're on the bubble.
0: This better be important. (laughs) (laughs) But Deborah tells Mia that she'll be staying in another room because there is no intermingling in her house. As they start to leave, Gavin calls her back for an even better thank you, and Sarah places a thankful hand on his shoulder. As soon as Deborah turns around, though, Gavin's smile just drops off his of face.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it makes me laugh because for some reason, Gavin thinks he's on the office because he keeps yeah, <laughs> looking at the camera like, what? He's wah, like, wah, can you believe wah. this shit? <laughs>
0: it's like, what? It's
1: like, all right, Tim. Yeah.
0: They go into the room that Mia will be staying in, and it's much nicer with the four-poster bed. Deborah tells Mia that it belonged to her aunt Edna, but struggles to remember the term bedroom set. She notices that her hummel figures on the vanity, and shout out to Better Call Saul for teaching me what a Hummel figure was.
3: Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But she noticed they're out of place, so she fixes it. Gavin asks Deborah if she's ever been to Germany and she says no. It's one of her biggest regrets. But Sarah patiently reminds her that she did go to Germany and she loved it, and Deborah looks a little upset.
1: It is heartbreaking. Yes all these moments that happen and Jill Larson plays him with such nuance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I mean, I don't know. It's just very remarkable. You will. You don't again, expect this in a found footage.
0: Not at all. Because I feel like it could be easy to take this to a place where it's too much.
1: Yeah. Like, or no, even- no, I did it yeah, or something, but-, but
0: she just kind of accepts it and is clearly upset by it. You know, I mean, it's very subtle and sad,
2: but, mm-hmm. but saying that I, I, I get it now because being on a soap for that long, right? Like, you understand because they've got to be turned up constantly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever watched any of those, (laughs) but uh, I can't remember where I was at, but they watched Passions Mm -hmm. for like that was their shit. And they were, no, this TV, we're gonna watch (laughs) Passions, okay? Fine, you know what I mean? Uh, That's what was on the schedule, let's watch it. They like, they were into their, <laughs> those soaps are, they're
1: great. Well, when you're fucking playing a character for 24 years, yeah. the storylines and all that shit. Like... You know that
0: she got amnesia. Oh, yeah. no. She had a, an evil well, twin. Yeah. <laughs> so she,
1: she learned how to do a lot. <laughs> exactly. So she's using everything she's no, learned yeah. so far. And it's great. You, can, yeah. yes,
2: you do, like you said, if that kind of anger, but like pain because she fr- forgot you yeah. know and she's like uh, but she feels embarrassed but mm-hmm. so he, i did i was like god damn like that sucks it's, it
0: really tugs at your heart yeah.
1: i think that's one thing that we see later and it, it rings so true is this embarrassment that's masked with annoyance and anger yeah, yeah. like at sarah yeah but really it's at the situation mm-hmm. right like it's just very smart acting it yeah. is
0: But we cut to footage of Mia's project. She stands in front of the Logan house and states her thesis that Alzheimer's doesn't affect just one person, but has a physiological influence on the patient's primary caregiver. Now, I feel like her thesis statement is backed up by one thing Mm -hmm. in the rest of the film. Yeah. Because I almost missed this. I think when I watched it before, I thought it was just, you know, kind of documenting Deborah on her journey. Mm hmm. But this is really more supposed to be about Sarah from mm-hmm. her thesis statement. Yeah. And there's one scene where we're kind of checking in on Sarah and the rest is just Deborah, Deborah, debber. Debor. You know what yeah. I mean?
1: Well, I mean, this is a half-made medical documentary. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, we were going to ma- get yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All next week, we were supposed to interview Sarah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> fair enough. She did not get to finish. No. That's fair enough.
1: Well, I, she definitely get, didn't get to finish because she needs to remove those fucking cricket noises from the,
0: <laughs> from the mix. Uh, it's called Ambience. Mm, well. But we see a diagram of a brain as she explains that Alzheimer's occurs when abnormal protein fragments accumulate in the hippocampus of the brain and destroy the neurons there. It travels through the rest of the brain, destroying neurons that are in charge of logical thought and problem solving. Next, it attacks the sensory regions of the brain, causing terrifying hallucinations. We see patients suffering from the disease as Mia goes on. Ultimately, Alzheimer's wipes out the sufferer's oldest memories. And in its final stage, it destroys the part of the brain in charge of heart and breathing regulation. And after this, death soon follows. This is all li- like life. Like this is all true. And yeah. it's just mm-hmm. it, it, it's heartbreaking.
1: For me, I think this is uh, genuinely scarier than mm-hmm. anything else. Any yeah. like, oh, fucking yeah. demon they could throw at you. Or...
0: I had read that Robitel had front loaded a lot of this medical stuff and Alzheimer's stuff and was like, we need to give them a release. Yeah. And yeah. that's when st- the horror movie scary stuff starts. Yeah, like, yeah. that's a reprieve. I was going to say, isn't from it From what yeah. really yeah. happens. Like, you know, Ugh, yeah. it just...
1: The second things start getting scary, I was like, whew, all right. Yeah, yeah. thank God. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But back at the Logan house, Deborah and Sarah set up the dining room to be interviewed. Sarah is wearing her usual button down shirt with the military jacket over it, and Deborah vetoes the jacket and nags until Sarah takes it off. Then she's like, Is that your shirt or one of your dad's? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they begin the interview, Deborah saying it began with senior moments, trivialities like accidentally toasting a piece of bread twice. And Sarah says that there were several occasions where Deborah left the stove on. Photo evidence is inserted of this, a burned wall behind the stove. Defensively, Deborah says that Sarah's grandmother was even worse. She would leave a pot on the stove until it melted down completely. Sarah patiently explains that she only brought up the stove because they asked what a clue was uh-huh. that something was wrong. Mm-hmm. And it was a clue because it had never happened before. And Deborah reluctantly accepts this again clearly embarrassed that it's being talked about
1: it's the way that deborah is resigned and she's like well that then that was a clue yeah she's like yeah Yeah. you know sure
0: and sarah's patience with her yeah instead of being like well they asked she's like mom Uh, yeah
1: it's just it's honestly it just is so believable it is it really is
0: But we cut to an interview with Deborah's neurologist, Dr. Annalisa Nazir, played by Ann Bedian. After we see a graph of a normally functioning brain next to a brain with MCI next to a brain inflicted with Alzheimer's, Dr. Nazir explains to us that MCI is mild cognitive impairment. They were able to find through tests that this is what Deborah had, and they were 95% sure that this was the early stages of Alzheimer's disease. Mia asks how Deborah took the news, and Dr. Nazir says that it's devastating news for anyone to receive, but Deborah is not one to go down without a fight. We see home videos of Deborah in a wedding dress with her husband on June 15th, 1965. Mia's voiceover tells us that Deborah's husband, Dennis, died prematurely of a pulmonary embolism when Sarah was two, and Deborah was forced to find a way to provide for her on her own. We see footage of her with the young Sarah played by Sophia Alice Fuller in 1976. And we learn that she put their house up as collateral and started an extremely successful switchboard answering service for eczema. And the town is called eczema. Yeah.
1: Like (laughs) (laughs) I think it's E-X-U-M-A.
0: Yeah. I would say exuma if I were reading it, but not eczema.
1: It's uh, going to be difficult.
0: Present day. Deborah explains that the switchboard was how professionals received their messages and transferred information back then. Sarah says that everyone told Deborah she was crazy, but when you tell Deborah not to do something, that's when she absolutely will do it.
1: That's admirable.
0: Yeah. We see old footage of Deborah operating a switchboard and young Sarah pulling a connector out of it. Present day Deborah goes on to say that she was the nexus of the town, delivering information to everyone important, and Sarah admits that this is true. She says that she covered for everyone philanderers and alcoholics. She had to, or they wouldn't do business with her anymore
1: so she's got to get her hands dirty yeah. I mean, you know.
0: so, uh, what's going on here exactly she's connecting calls to all the important people okay so if somebody is out drinking i guess she's cover i i don't know if she has to cover for them or if she knows what they're i guess that is covering for them yeah, yeah. if she's like oh no they're in a meeting but she knows he's out with his mistress right. you know what i mean
1: okay okay so she's uh pretty sexy yeah. she- <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is just Mad Men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we follow Deborah into a plant nursery as Mia explains that there are no simple tasks for patients with Alzheimer's. Deborah's total comes out to twenty-seven ninety-six, and we watch as Deborah laboriously counts the money after being reminded the amount.
1: Did it seem like the clerk was an actual clerk?
0: Yeah, it felt it felt very genuine yeah. i will say it didn't feel like an actor no
1: i didn't have i didn't look it up or anything yeah. yeah but i think they might have just gone into a store yeah
0: but deborah wrestles with her umbrella on the street at her house she baked a pineapple cake and has to put it back in because it didn't bake through afterwards gavin tries a piece and has a very strong reaction to it but tries to be polite
1: i was surprised by yeah. that yeah like,
0: this is fucking terrible <laughs> like, yeah. <you> would, this tastes <laughs> this <Gavin's laughs> like shit Mrs. Yeah. Logan. <laughs> that's what i thought has not proven himself to be very polite (laughs) not at
1: all and he's just touching random (laughs) shit
0: (laughs) but harris who is described by the documentary as sarah's neighbor and lifelong friend says that deborah is a fighter and she's brave but you can't fight your way through something you can't see or know
1: that just the way he delivers that line yeah it's very sad Yeah. yeah
0: Back in her interview with Sarah, Deborah says that she does all her puzzles and crosswords. She's lifting weights and doing everything that is supposed to stave off the progression. But she reiterates, stave it off. There's no cure. There's footage of her looking visibly confused and lost both in her home and on the street as she continues. When she's in the middle of something and her mind just leaves the premises, she says there are no words for how distressing that is. And again, My heart just goes out to anybody dealing with this or dealing with a loved one with this because...
2: That just sounds
1: terrifying. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's really the worst thing I can think of.
1: Honestly. And it's such... I mean, I just can't believe that... I don't mean to get like existential or whatever, but we live in a world where that's possible. Yeah. It's so upsetting.
0: Possible and And not uncommon at all.
1: I just can't, man.
0: We're all sad now. Yeah, I know. <laughs>
1: now we got to make with the funny. <laughs> can, we
0: start, can we get to the scary stuff now, please? Yeah. <laughs> the supernaturally scary yeah. stuff.
1: Excuse me, Mr. Robotel. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, Demons, please. Yes. But we cut to Louise shooting B-roll of Deborah in her garden. He slowly zooms in as she stops digging and picks up a snake. The snake writhes as she inspects it, but Luis is distracted because Mia starts fucking yelling at him.
1: Dude, she, okay, first of all, he is working (laughs) right now. Yeah.
0: She's (laughs) like, you're supposed to be editing. What are you doing? Just messing around or whatever. No, I'm working. You see, yeah, you can (laughs) clearly see him doing something. Yes. She says he's wasting time. That's what she says. Getting B roll, yeah. Louise yeah. yeah, tries to explain that he was just getting B roll of Deborah, but he turns back around and Deborah is right in front of him. She's like, "I'm hungry. Are you hungry too?" Mm. But before he can answer, she proposes that they get lunch and starts walking toward the house. And Luis and Mia follow her. Did she eat that snake?
1: I don't know. Uh, she's like, that just wet she's my, like, that was my yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But
0: If I'm being honest, it made me hungry. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I will say, like, they set up like three things in this little scene. Yeah. Yeah. You got fucking the snake and everything. Yes. The, her just appearing. Because she yeah. was kind of far. He yeah. was zoomed
0: in on her. He was
1: only getting yelled at for two seconds. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but later, Louise sets up cameras all around the house. As he's setting one up at the top of the staircase, Deborah stands and watches him. She walks away, and Luis is startled by the sound of a door slamming. He climbs down from the ladder and goes to investigate the room, but it's dark, and it doesn't seem like he sees anyone inside.
1: I, personally, I understand the need for these cameras for the taking of Deborah Logan. Yeah. (laughs) I do not understand the need for these cameras for the documentary they're making. Well, if
0: she is because she's already said stuff about being forgetful and leaving the stove on maybe they're trying to document moments of her kind of getting lost halfway between doing something or okay,
1: okay. I mean if he's
0: getting b-roll of her gardening they probably want everything but I, it's,
1: it's a shittier quality camera like, you still yeah. look
0: incredulous <laughs> <laughs> <I laughs> it's mean, a just in case camera
2: alright because I kind of thought the same thing too I was like what what
0: is the need <laughs> I, I'm sorry I said that need literally shook his head that was, that was I'm really sorry rude.
1: it was like a silent film of just Uh, (laughs) disagreement. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, I, I thought the same thing too. I was like, "What's the need to put up all these extra cameras?" Yeah, I thought y'all were just interviewing them and talking to them. Mm-hmm. Well, you but know, they were
0: filming her on the street. They were filming her at the shop. Yeah, I think but they're following
1: her. Well, you know, and you got all these like <laughs> yeah. fucking infographics made and everything. <laughs> yeah, so it's like it just feels like this is overkill. But I mean, it works well for the film because then right. we have shots of creepy things later. No, yeah, yeah. But something, they didn't plan on that.
0: Something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something that I give this film is that there are, I mean, there are a couple moments where I'm like, nah, but there's a reason for all of this to be filmed. I will give them. So I'll be damned if you're going to sit here.
1: I'll give them like 75%. Uh, 85. Mm, There's one moment later that is like so egregious (laughs) that no joke. I literally, I'm alone watching this and I was like, why is this even (laughs) a found footage (laughs) film?
0: We'll get to it. We will. That night in Sarah's bedroom, Mia takes her blood pressure and the results are not good. This is the one aspect where I'm like, okay, so we're keeping track of Sarah's well-being because that seemed to be what her thesis was.
1: Mm-hmm. But then we kind of abandoned it. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, to be fair, though, with good reason because oh, yeah. all this crazy shit is happening. Has anyone taken Sarah's blood yeah. pressure? <laughs> we're keeping a record. We have a little black book.
1: <laughs> I will say even in this scene, Anne ramsey is charming well,
0: she is like, constantly she says
1: something like because she says about the blood pressure or yeah, whatever yeah. but what she says next and she's like right guys <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, she says that stress is the real killer mm-hmm. and sarah's like oh don't worry about me i plan on dying of cirrhosis in the liver and she's like huh?
1: yeah <laughs> fucking rodney dangerfield over <laughs> you here. guys know
0: what i'm talking about <laughs> but suddenly there's a loud crashing and yelling coming from the kitchen they come down to see deborah coming toward gavin with a knife She's like, don't touch my fucking chandelier. Yeah. <laughs> he cowers away from her as Sarah tries to get the knife from her mother. Deborah screams at him, accusing him of taking her spade. Gavin denies ever having even touched it and stands on the kitchen counter.
1: He's like taping her yeah. on <laughs> his phone. I know this is for yeah. Star or what's going on.
0: <laughs> He's like, what's your badge number? <laughs> <laughs> Deborah opens a cabinet and throws all the pots and pans inside on the floor, saying that she needs her spade. Finally, she collapses on the floor, screaming and crying before getting up and asking for it again. So they all split up to go look for it. Sarah tries to apologize to Gavin, who says that he is not OK. Well, yeah.
1: He must have watched Pulp Fiction recently because he's like, I'm pretty fucking, fucking far yeah. from OK. I was like, come on, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she gives them keys to check the locked rooms before going back downstairs to check on her mother. Louise checks the attic where the old switchboard still sits before being interrupted by Mia who found the spade in the freezer. Was I the only one? The first time I watched this, I was like, she put it in the freezer to make her freak out. Just oh, me. okay. You mean like, <laughs> like Mia
1: fucking yes. sucks and she's like,
0: well, the, the nugget of Nah, my grandfather's fine. Man. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I was like, sh- is she staging, staging stuff to get footage of her acting uh, out.
1: And then you find it.
0: Right. Spoiler alert. That it's doesn't happen. <laughs> but I thought for a second maybe I don't know. I thought Mia was gonna kind of be a villain in this, no. and she's not.
1: Well, they really set up an arc that they don't deliver on. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly think that that would have been. I think that that would have been better as far as a character standpoint. Right. Because otherwise, she's just kind of bland and there. I yeah. understand.
0: But I feel like to me. She would be irredeemable. Like, oh well, uh,
1: she for me she's already irredeemable <laughs> because she
0: told a lie. <laughs> yeah, one, one lie. <laughs> one lie,
1: <laughs> and we are no longer friends.
0: <laughs> but Sarah cautiously approaches Deborah, who's standing facing a window. She says that they found the spade and asks that she talk to her. Sarah says that Deborah's scaring her, and Deborah finally whispers the words: "She knows." She finally comes away from the window, screaming as she rips a piece of her throat away and collapses on the floor.
2: Yeah, don't pull at your scab. Well, I guess, no. I guess neck.
1: Yeah. <laughs> she didn't dig all the it way neck in. <laughs> But it was
0: horrifying. No, I was yeah. not expecting it.
1: It was honestly too much. I'm going to be honest uh, with was- you. <laughs> Because their reaction to it is like, Sarah just like put some pressure on. Her. She's like, hey, go get a, go call help or something. Yeah. I'd be like, oh my God. <laughs> like, because she ripped a piece of her th- neck out and she's bleeding out Bad. currently. Yeah. But they kind of just treat it. And then there's stuff that happens later. It's like almost paranormal activity syndrome where it's way less than what we just saw. Yeah. But it should be escalating. It was like, fuck. Yeah. Was like, well, <laughs> on night four, she fucking ripped her neck out. Yeah. So it's kind of hard. To, you got to ramp up. Yeah. The ramp
0: goes up. but sarah tends to her mother and tells the others to go get help before the footage cuts out at the hospital they record as dr nazir quietly tells sarah that they've reviewed the secondary scans and the disease has spread to other regions of her brain already and that the amyloid deposits are unusually pronounced
1: I do want to point out it's very similar to the problem that I had on the Mothman prophecies Mm -hmm. where they kept saying glioblastoma instead of glioblastoma. Mm -hmm. She literally calls the part of the brain the hippocampus instead of the hippocampus. Hippocampus. I'm like, are you a real neurologist, Mm -hmm. man? (laughs) Like what no, the No, she's fuck? not, dude. Yeah. This is the thing. <laughs> this is a movie. I yeah. know it well, looks like found footage. But I believed her. <laughs> <laughs> but my thing is You're like, like,
0: but it said at the beginning.
1: Right. Yeah, had <laughs> said this was a real medical documentary. But if you I mean, well, you can't even get the name of your main character, right? So what do I expect? Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> no. <him> <laughs> I guess I'll chill out.
0: Sarah asks what this means, and Dr. Nazir delicately breaks it to her that Deborah may be in the middle stages of Alzheimer's, but they are getting second opinions. Sarah is visibly surprised by this, as Dr. Nazir had previously told them that Deborah had two, three, or maybe even more years before this would happen. Dr. Nazir explains that the disease is aggressive, but in response, she's going to be aggressive too.
1: I was like, all right, can the wrestling promo. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, the disease is aggressive. <laughs> Yo, yeah. So
3: I'm a- <laughs> i'm gonna she get it <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> i
1: was like what is going on like you don't have to do that i understand <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know the doctor's the cream of the crop <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like, <it's stupid. laughs>
0: but dude, she's getting aggressive in a way that means putting deborah on a higher dose of denazepil and a mood stabilizer not the whole year. <laughs> <Nah. laughs> we cut to Sarah coming out of the hospital with Deborah, who has a bandaged neck and is being pushed in a wheelchair. The crew waits in the car, ready to pick them up. Deborah insists on sitting in the front next to Gavin. And as Gavin drives, Deborah apologizes for speaking to him the way she did, and Gavin accepts her apology. Back at the Logan home, Harris balks at the idea of Deborah being sent to a home. He says she's already got a home. Those are just places where they lie under fluorescent lights, smelling like urine and waiting to die. He says that's not a place to live, but Deborah's home is.
1: First of all, I think it's very critical and of
0: it's like not every place no. yeah.
1: also did they just ambush him with the camera and they're like they're thinking about putting deborah in a home what are your thoughts on <laughs> that harris <laughs> like, yeah
0: what the fuck is going
1: on it's like hey harris harris yeah. it's like, <laughs> <laughs> calm down it's
0: like i'm just doing yard work <laughs> yeah, jesus christ i'm here anytime <laughs> you <laughs> need me you don't need to <laughs> run up on me but we see deborah painting a forest with a dark figure lurking in the trees inside deborah hugs sarah and is like i hate the shirt you're wearing (laughs) she's like why can't you wear a blouse and sarah's like i don't have a blouse but like these she's like i missed you too mom yeah well in deborah's defense
1: the shirt was terrible
0: (laughs) (laughs) anyway (laughs) harris comes in behind sarah (laughs) who greets deborah with a kiss on the cheek later someone records this is when i was like this is beyond yes this, this is invasive yeah Someone records as a quietly ish, because the door's still like. <laughs> <laughs> Push the door open to Deborah's bedroom. She sits on her bed, staring at herself in the mirror and whispering. She says, I didn't know. Bleed. I bleed. Stop. No then she notices the person in the doorway and the footage goes out they're probably like oh shit. yeah i never understood
1: why the reaction to being caught isn't just like have ah, you got me Yeah, <laughs> like
2: you running away
1: only yeah. makes it
2: worse i mean but what do you do you're both being creepy at the same time exactly.
0: not that i would ever do this but i can't imagine being like ah. Oh. <laughs> Well what are you gonna <laughs> do? Run away and then deal with <laughs> it later? Yeah, <laughs> why is my face red?
1: <laughs> well, because "I was like, hey, why were you standing outside yeah. my fucking room and then you ran <laughs> away? Very no, loudly. Sure, yeah. No, I
0: wasn't.
1: <laughs> that was Plausible. Lewis.
0: <laughs> Plausible deniability is <laughs> the thing. <laughs> well then don't be like, oh shit, and yeah. then run away.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs>
0: So we cut to old footage of Deborah working the switchboard and Mia's voiceover says that Deborah's brain is a lot like the switchboard she used to run. Her synapses are being pulled from their jacks, losing connection. She says that as the memories are taken away, one thing becomes clear. You can't run from Alzheimer's. You can only face it head on and hope that comes with dignity and grace.
1: They were genuinely given the perfect metaphor with that switchboard. Yes. Yeah. like That is perfect. Yeah.
0: They record in the bathroom as Sarah gives her mother medicine, changes the bandages on her neck, and patiently bathes her in the tub. They film through a crack in the door as Sarah pours herself a drink, and Mia says that Sarah has clearly found her own coping mechanism. I gotta be—if I watch this documentary, I'd be like, "Are you fucking f- kidding yeah. me?" <laughs> <laughs> I didn't sign off on that shit. I fucking let you into my home, yeah, like, and no, you're no, spying
1: yeah. on me. It's you're not enough. You have drinking? like fucking cameras yeah. set up in the hallway and shit. <laughs> I just—it just felt rude. So you got cameras in the bathroom too? Yeah, no.
0: <laughs> like it's—it's it's egregious. It's a lot. Later that night on the porch, Sarah talks on the phone. She tells her girlfriend, Shelly, that she's getting a U-Haul and her mother isn't making things easy. After she hangs up, she admits to the crew that she just told Shelly that she's moving back home for a couple months and that she doesn't have the balls to tell her the truth. I don't know if she... I mean, what's the truth? Uh, The financial aspect? the documentary aspect or the health aspect.
1: I think the truth might be that she's staying longer than she had told her girlfriend. Mm. I think it might just be that she, that's kind of what I thought, you know, that's
0: really sad, but she invites him to come and have a drink with her. And they do. They all sit with her as Gavin records them. Louise says it's been a long time since he's just hung out. So this is nice. Sarah laughs and says that that's sweet, but she reluctantly shares that when she was 10 years old in 1976, her mother sent her away to boarding school. She caught her in the garage hiding and kissing another girl. Sarah says that they didn't even really know what they were doing. Tears fill her eyes and she says that her mother was so mad and embarrassed. She just dismisses the story and takes another drink. Louise proposes a toast to fucked up childhoods and Sarah agrees
1: so again i love that she's getting more character yeah. yeah and i love that her backstory with deborah is so complicated yeah, yeah. but in this stage of deborah's life she's here I'm here for mm-hmm. you yeah like it's beautiful
0: and clearly she has a life she has a partner like she has yeah shit to go home to yeah. but she's here you and know what i
1: mean all that despite the yeah. shitty behavior of her mom oh, yeah. yeah so i mean that's remarkable it's, a, it's
0: yeah it really is and it even if i If it were possible to like Sarah more than I do, this would have done it. (laughs) Inside, though, Sarah shows a picture of herself as a child with Deborah wearing her boarding school uniform. She says that she hated it because she's never been comfortable in dresses. And Louise confesses that he went to Catholic school. And Sarah laughs, saying that Deborah will love that. There's a loud thudding sound and the electricity crackles. Sarah runs to go check on her mother and Louise films the shaking chandelier overhead.
1: With what we know that this film turns into, I really thought that him going to Catholic school would matter. Right. Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) It means nothing.
0: But he focuses the camera back on the doorway and we get a glimpse of Deborah walking by. Louise follows in her direction and calls after Sarah to come back. He finally finds her standing in front of the window in a dark room. A light comes on outside and illuminates enough to see that the window is open.
1: Did it sound like a TV or a radio was on? It sounded
0: like something. Yeah.
1: Like it sounded like interference and it was kind of creepy. Yeah. Yeah. She was fast. Yeah, yes.
0: dude. Sarah startles Louise by suddenly appearing next to them and asking Deborah if she's doing arts and crafts at midnight.
1: Did you already call out the loudest creaking door in the history of cinema? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think that happens on the way in. I was like, this is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> in the history of cinema. Creaky doors need representation, too. No, okay. All right, fair. <laughs>
1: Fine. You love to see him.
0: <laughs> she tells Louise that deborah has been convinced that there's an intruder, a man standing out in the yard. She closes the window and tells Deborah that there's nothing out there but the deer.
1: And she kind of, like, teleports into the frame.
0: She did. Like, yeah, she just yeah. appeared.
1: That was scary, too. Like, yeah. enough shit's going on.
0: It's like, did you inherit your creepiness from your mother? <laughs> Apparently,
1: yeah. <laughs> As she's doing little asides like David Brent to, yeah. the, she's like, to <laughs> the cameraman. This yeah. <laughs> Nobody's out there.
0: <laughs> she tells Louise that Deborah had motion activated lights put up outside. And we cut to Deborah nailing the window shut and Sarah announcing that this is not the first time she's done this. She tells Louise that she's learned to just not argue with her mother and then the footage cuts out.
1: And so it's setting up again something more. For oh, sure. Yeah. I really like the way that they slowly build that aspect yes. of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it begins where you're just like, Wow, this obviously this disease is fucking horrible. Yes. Right. And then as it goes on, you're like, wait a minute. Hold on. Yeah. yeah.
0: But we come back up on camera footage of Deborah sleeping in her bed at one thirty six AM.
1: So now we're setting up paranormal activity cameras. Well, you know. Yeah. Anyway. All right.
0: <laughs> there's a creak and Deborah wakes up with a panicked gasp and gets out of bed. The camera above the stairs shows the hallway at 1.37 a.m., but no one is there. Back in Deborah's room, she's gone as well. We cut to Sarah talking to the crew as they all put on their coats. She says that she got up to pee after putting Deborah to bed and now she's gone. And they all spread out to look for her. Luis goes into a room with covered furniture and sees that window that Deborah had nailed shut is now wide open with the nails sticking out of it.
1: Uh, no no yeah
0: he calls out to sarah but sarah's already outside and finds deborah's robe on the ground outside the window they run into the woods and finally find her digging in the ground with her hands and her spade sarah tries to grab her and stop her as louise yells not to touch her deborah screams and rushes toward the camera and we cut to sarah having subdued deborah on the ground
1: are we really telling sarah not to touch her own mother
0: He was, yes. (laughs) Don't touch her. It's like, what the fuck are you
1: talking? Is this his inner documentarian kicking in? He's like, we're only supposed to observe. Let let it play out.
0: Like, what the fuck?
1: (laughs) It's her mom. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Back at the house, Mia gently washes Deborah's filthy and bloody hands in the sink. She asks Deborah questions about the temperature of the water and tries to talk to her about her late night gardening, but Deborah just stares at her. When she finally does speak, she says that Sarah doesn't like manicures and she never cleans her nails. Mia says that they'll get Deborah's nails clean and good as new, and Deborah just stares at her.
1: She is beginning to look a little worse for wear. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a very gradual transformation. Yes. Wow. I actually read on Dread Central, they had an interview with Vincent Guastini. He was the special effects designer and creator for this film. Oh, very cool! And so he was talking about how so many of their makeups that they did were so gradual that a lot of audiences didn't realize how many were actually happening. And so they set up like stages of Deborah Logan throughout the film, Mm -hmm. and each kind of thing. Not no, you know. Spoiler alert!
0: (laughs) (laughs) She looks worse. Yeah, Yeah. looks worse as things continue.
1: (laughs) But as things would go on, like they would get more and more like progressively difficult to, you know. Yeah. And there's even some stuff that was left out that they had designed, but they had thought was too far. Right. Mm. But the thing I did think was interesting was that he had worked on Requiem for a Dream.
0: Oh, man.
1: And he had said that he had used the methods for Ellen Burstyn as a jumping off point for Deborah Logan.
0: That's incredible.
1: And you can actually see it. That film is hard to watch. It's very yeah. hard
0: to watch. But I feel like that's the way to do it. The gradual like scene to scene you might not even really notice. Yes. Yeah. That's like fucking masterful. There, I love that.
1: We actually saw the reverse of that in Thirst. Yeah. When he was looking better. And yeah. We're like, what the fuck <laughs> is And we're here? like, wait a minute. But <laughs> it takes you it takes you yeah. some time. Yeah. Uh just a fun fact the uh, Vincent Guastini also worked on Dogma and Thinner thinner <laughs> you're like the champion for thinner <laughs> <I am. laughs>
0: we need to cover it yeah. we need to do it soon mm-hmm. but <laughs> i also love dogma but yeah. i'm thrilled yeah. about thinner dog is better <laughs> <laughs> but later gavin shows me a monitor of footage from before deborah left at 2 57 a.m deborah stands motionless in the kitchen Mia tries to write this off as sleepwalking, which they've seen her do before, but Gavin insists that she just keep watching. In the blink of an eye, Deborah goes from standing on the floor to standing on the stove with her spade in her hand. Mia and Louise rationalize that she must have grabbed a chair and that the time skipped, but Gavin says there's no break in the time code. If I showed this to somebody and they said that, I would probably punch them in the face. Oh, well yeah. then she you would. must have grabbed <laughs> oh, the chair. Are you do you see a fucking chair? Well, but then she obviously kicked the chair out of the frame. Yeah, okay. Oh. Yeah, all in all in the glitch. All yeah. in the, okay. Look,
1: all I'm saying is like I, <laughs> no. I would believe more likely that the time code fucked up than I would believe that my mother was glitched out or my mother was remastered by deck nine uh. or <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, I would think... (laughs) Not deck nine. Well, I mean, you gotta fire some shots every now and then. But I would just think that, obviously, something fucked up. I wouldn't believe that we literally saw her teleport onto the fucking sink.
2: I don't know. We're very different people. Yeah.
1: (laughs) The videos
2: there, I, I... I think that that was something, and it happens a few more times that that kind of annoyed me. Was they're like, "No, that didn't happen." It's like <laughs> you see it right there. Yeah, and <laughs> I get, I, I get, the, I mean, I get the timestamp thing. Yes, but but it not breaking is what would have yes. had me. Yes, because I I understand questioning. But I mean, if I'm looking at it, I'd I'd feel very uneasy immediately.
1: Yeah. I would feel after things that I had seen already. Yeah, exactly. that's well, what I'm saying. In yeah. the
0: window, after seeing the window, yeah, that was yeah. all. That's all I would need. But I mean,
1: I personally think <laughs> I'm calling a, Father Carrots. <laughs> <Karen. Yeah, that's> if <laughs> <a, laughs> that's not a big leap to you guys, no. And the 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 window. <laughs> I thought
2: my laundry was haunted. <laughs> well, but we just seen her nail it open.
1: Yeah, it's true. Our I nail mean, it shot. It I'm Yeah, sorry, yeah,
2: and now it's open.
1: Well, I mean, agree to disagree <laughs> <That's two strikes. laughs> if one more thing happens, I'm on your side. I'll just that'll be three.
0: Well, hold on, friend. <laughs> Later, they show the footage to Sarah, and Mia explains that the time code doesn't skip. Sarah tells them that this has to be impossible.
1: Thank you, Sarah <laughs>
0: <laughs> They film as Sarah smokes a cigarette outside and explains to Dr. Nazir on the phone that this is not just normal sleepwalking. Afterwards, she sits in a chair and explains that Dr. Nazir is going to up Deborah's medication and maybe that will help. Sarah seems hopeful, but a little incredulous. She takes a flask and is about to drink when Mia points out that Harris is making his way over to them. They continue to film as Sarah stands away from them talking to Harris. So they're eavesdropping. (laughs) He tells Sarah to take a break from the filming and let Deborah catch her breath because it's wearing her out. Sarah says that they need the money, but that he might be Right. He tells her to go back inside and take care of her mom, and he'll take care of the mess that Deborah made in the garden. He's a good, good friend, good yeah. neighbor,
1: great guy. I'm sure yeah. that's all he. And that's yeah. it. He's just trying to help. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Inside the house, Deborah walks around with a laundry basket, and Sarah trails after her. Deborah seems fine. Yeah. She asks about her climbing up on the stove, saying that she could have hurt herself or started another fire, and Deborah is dismissive. Sarah knocks the laundry basket out of her mother's hands and tells her to take inventory of her hands and her neck. She is a menace to herself. But this doesn't faze Deborah either. She picks up her laundry basket and walks downstairs, telling Sarah to just go back to her lady friend in Richmond because she's fine. Later, they set up for an interview, and Deborah grips onto her knees and hums to herself. Her hands look fine, and her neck is unbandaged and seems to be healing. Yeah. I mean, she took a pretty big piece of neck meat. oh yeah
1: yeah for how much time has passed and yeah. how bad it still kind of mm-hmm. looks
0: gavin mics her and they start the interview mia asks how she's feeling and deborah says that she was feeling peculiar before but now she's right as rain
1: i just want to point out that i really appreciated them hiding the cable of the lab mic yeah because i gotta tell you man (laughs) as someone who's done and like taped a lot of these interviews taped i was like i don't know what i'm talking about (laughs) filmed a lot of these interviews done a lot of fucking stand-ups for news packages i gotta tell you i'm running out of breath because it's like such an important thing but a lot of people will just clip the mic yeah and it looks so unprofessional just fucking hide it in your shirt man
0: so these guys are pros yes i appreciate them
1: i didn't like them before but they're slowly winning me back
0: (laughs) But Mia cautiously tells her that they have some footage to show her and Sarah brings a tablet over. We don't see what's on the tablet, but Deborah reacts strongly. She asks who's on the film and comments that it's obscene only to realize that it's her and ask why no one stopped her. What did they show her?
1: I think they probably showed her in the garden. Yeah. Okay,
0: without her robe. Yeah. Because I was like, is that her jumping on the stove? Because...
1: That's not, yeah, that's I mean, not-
0: I, I, I just. I understand the strong reaction, but the word of scene i was like what mm-hmm. i
2: think it was too out in the garden
1: yeah and i gotta say uh, is this not fucking exploitative as all hell like no, no look at this like, yeah. yeah you
0: think you're fine <laughs> <laughs> look at this shit. <laughs> i mean they already acted like TMZ. Like, <laughs> i know <laughs> this they, is exploitive they didn't uh, like warn her at all yeah, yeah it's too much <laughs>
1: it's like let's get her live reaction to that. it's like come on man
0: but they explained that she was in a fugue state Sarah tells her that she was stabbing at the ground over and over again with her spade and digging hole after hole and that it scared her. She tells her mother that she was sobbing when they got her inside. This makes Deborah break down and she lowers her head into her hands and begins to cry. Sarah tells her that she said she couldn't answer the phone because he was calling her. She pleads for her mother to just talk to them, but Mia proposes that they should stop. Out of nowhere, Deborah screams and lunges at Sarah. It is chaos, and she tries to flee from the room and ends up on the floor crying.
1: I have to say, this is probably my biggest problem with the film. Okay. In the text at the beginning, they said, this is medical documentaries, Mm -hmm. security footage, outtakes, but they should have also said, "Oh, oh, by the way, we also added music to make it scarier.
0: I didn't know oh, yeah. I didn't even clock that, uh, but I you're absolutely right.
1: Like I can't stand music in my found footage.
0: No, you're totally right. Yeah. I'm I'm like trying to defend this film as much as I can. I got nothing for that. Okay.
1: Yeah. I really don't <laughs> If they had put that at the beginning, I'd be like, well at least they, <laughs> <right."> <laughs>
0: they, they told we, us. Oh, we added some, you know, a little shush Yeah, just so you know, we're trying
1: to sell this film. <laughs> But yeah, and it sucks because that's one of my favorite things. We talk all the time about how music is so good. Right. right. How it adds so much tension to scenes.
0: But it it just it has no place because that's not real. This is supposed to be real. It's supposed to be. Yeah. But we cut to the hospital where we watch as Deborah gets a spinal tap done and it looks fucking awful. She seems to be in excruciating pain. Mia's voiceover explains that the doctors run multiple tests on Deborah to see what's causing the anomalies. But the results only give them more questions.
1: This had to be an homage to The Exorcist, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. I didn't even think of that, but it has to be. Doctors stand around her in disbelief as they look at a horrible rash that's taken over the skin of her back. Mia describes it as an infection with a scaly quality. The doctors question Sarah as to what Deborah could have been exposed to while gardening, like heavy metals or pesticides.
1: It's like, well, she listens to Slayer every morning, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I hardly think that. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> Next, Doctor Nazir sits with her and tries to give her cognitive tests to do with blocks. Deborah is combative and resistant to try, scratching at her arm the whole time, but suddenly she starts to peel up the skin <laughs> and has to be restrained. Jesus. It's not funny. No, I it has look, to be restrained by
1: doctors <laughs> as she growls. I'm only laughing because why is she made of fruit roll up Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like how is her skin so peelable? It's thin.
0: She's <laughs> yeah. old. I mean,
1: that's not accurate. <laughs> Fruit
0: roll Jeez.
1: ups I mean, you're as much of a doctor as Nazir. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that that it just look. It is a frightening visual.
0: It is, but it's
1: also like really. Yeah. And also, her neck meat came out like Which really easy yeah. too, wow. like a piece. She just yeah. like picked it off like it was like an errant hair, but it was her <laughs> right. entire neck. Like I don't know, man, what she made of fruit roll up. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, I think it's, it has to do with something that we'll talk about later.
1: Right. And I... Yeah, that's fair. I'll be yeah. quiet. Yeah, shut up, T! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But even but then... it does look like, It's yeah. like, holy shit. Right now, it's very confusing. Yeah, it is. Because <laughs> I thought... That, I was
2: like, why do you keep doing that? I was mm-hmm. like, oh,
1: man. It's a lot. It looks painful. It is a lot. It is. And it looks good. Yeah. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. But holy shit.
0: <laughs> and to, to think they did all that was fruit roll up. It was, it was really amazing. You
1: got to use what you have. <laughs> think that was strawberry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it tasted delicious. Yes. But in an interview, Dr. Nazir says that they initially suspected contact dermatitis or an allergic reaction because what's happening to Deborah's skin isn't a condition related to Alzheimer's. She says that they're bringing in specialists from Richmond to help. I do
1: love in this shot, you do see Mia and Lewis. In the mirror, yeah. 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 It's like they're filming the documentary. Yeah. Yeah. And so to see that, it made me, it sucked me back in as far as like submersion. Yes. (laughs) There you go.
0: Back at the Logan home, someone records as Deborah sits at the piano. She plucks at it, playing notes as she looks at the camera with the sly look on her face. Deborah is noticeably more frail and more bald.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: I even at her best, she has I'd say more cranium than most people mm. do. Most people, I don't know. She has a, a big head. has a large head. Well, yeah, but um, it's more pronounced. Pronounced,
1: right? All right. I do yeah. think that this should have been the only music in the film.
0: You're not yeah. wrong. Is that You're piano? Not wrong.
1: Because honestly, it was frightening, and it would make sense if it, if, even if it popped up in other scenes.
0: She played. Yeah, she right. already yeah. played
1: it once. You know, and it's creepy.
0: It is. Yeah, you're not gonna get an argument with me out of the music. For yeah. s- for
1: someone who had never seen a horror film, she is taking to it. Yeah, so well, oh, yeah. yeah, like just the looks that she gives, even when she was washing her hands in the sink, yeah. the look she was giving Mia, I was like, oh fuck. Well,
0: she probably <laughs> had to play her own evil twin once. <laughs> <laughs> she
1: could call on like, that. Like, oh, I got this.
0: <laughs> but it slowly fades to black. But we get on screen text that reads day 41 as the crew pulls up to the house at night and notices a car already parked outside the Logan home with its hazards on. The door is already open and they let themselves in calling out for Sarah or Deborah. They hear Deborah shriek and growl and follow the sounds to an upstairs bedroom. They open the door to find Sarah and Harris holding Deborah down on the ground and trying to wrestle something away from her. Debra fights every step of the way, and Sarah calls out to the crew to hold down her feet and yells at Harris to be gentle with Debra. Finally, Harris pulls something from Debra's mouth and tosses it onto the floor. In the next scene, Mia and Sarah are wrapping up Debra's Hummel figurines, and Debra says she doesn't understand why they're doing this, and Sarah reminds her that she likes to eat them. So I guess it was a Hummel that she was trying to swallow. Mm
1: -hmm. And that is excellent foreshadowing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Also, it made me sad because after sarah said that to her deborah's like that that's silly yeah She's like, that, that didn't happen it's like it's man heartbreaking yeah. it's awful
0: but we cut to sarah moving boxes in the hallway and being startled when she moves one aside and reveals a large black snake crawling up the wall we cut to gavin who has taken louise's camera he's like i know you said to never mess with your equipment but you're fucking around with snakes right yeah. now i was like what
1: dude i hate that yeah. <laughs>
0: He takes his Aunt Bonnie's cross to place it on the window, and he goes into the room with the covered furniture and slowly approaches the window that Deborah had previously nailed shut. Instead, he goes over to Deborah's easel, which is covered. He takes the sheet off of it and reveals the paintings that she made. The first is the view outside of her window, as Gavin reveals the next and the next. There's a shadowed figure that moves closer and closer to the window in each painting.
1: I do love that she arranged it like a flip book. Well, you know,
0: she's like in this order to yeah, be viewed in this order. It's
1: fun. It's it's a it's an installation piece <laughs> because they are obviously painted in reverse. But I was uh, I was like, wow, Gavin's a badass with those finger gloves, man. <laughs> I don't know. I just wrote it down for no reason.
0: <laughs> Gavin finally walks over to the window, passing more horrifying paintings of the shadow person along the way. The window is once again nailed shut and Gavin hangs across from one of the nails. He turns to see that Deborah is standing there right next to the window in a voice much deeper than the one we know to be hers. Deborah tells him that he's letting her heat out. Just then the window opens despite being nailed shut. Gavin backs out of the room <laughs> leaving Deborah standing next to the window.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't have to throw her pictures on the floor. No, he didn't. I mean, no he she didn't. obviously spent some time, like you <laughs> said, painting <laughs> them, arranging yes. them. It's mm-hmm. really just uh, rude.
1: It is. It's, and uh, dude, I'm <laughs> going to be honest, what? her voice scared the shit out of me. <laughs> no, that it was, was fucking creepy. <laughs> yeah, because you see her there and that's scary enough. And then she's like, you're letting the heat <laughs> out. I was like, oh my god. Yeah.
2: <laughs> what, what did she say? You're letting my heat
1: yes. out. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh (laughs) that she's taking ownership of the heat
0: that's her heat later gavin shows mia the footage understandably freaked out she tries to downplay it saying that a breeze could have opened the window bitch this would piss me off bad
1: all right, I'll <laughs> see. Uh, this, this yes. too, was
0: I was like, shut. no. Yeah. Was say, the I, breeze I, a fucking tornado? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, how dare you?
1: That's strike three.
2: Yeah. Right. Strike three. This was another one of those. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> <She> t- <laughs>
0: well,
1: that's just a horrible excuse, yeah. Yeah. period.
0: She tells both Gavin and Louise that if they're really this scared of a little old lady, they can just leave. Gavin puts his foot down, saying that either Mia doubles his pay or he's walking right now.
1: Dude, I'm sorry, but oh, I don't yeah. take kindly to threats like that. No, Okay,
0: bye, yeah, yeah, bitch. Fuck are you, you. You're gonna do all this by yourself. Good luck. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm gonna get a C.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: if you're lucky. <laughs> At best. Yeah.
0: When Mia doesn't say anything, Gavin puts his money where his mouth is and starts to walk out. But she stops him. When she stops him, Luis is like, "Well, if you're doing that for him, I want to get double well, yeah. pay too." Hell
1: yeah, dude. He's still be- gonna be yeah. here. Yeah.
0: In Deborah's bedroom, Sarah tucks her into bed and wishes her sweet dreams. Deborah doesn't respond, only stares at the camera with half-lidded eyes as the cameraman backs out of the room.
1: Can we talk about how they packed away the big figurines, but then on her nightstand they leave bite-sized ones for a midnight snack? <laughs> really?
2: I didn't even see that.
3: Hershey's <laughs> <Or> <laughs> miniatures.
0: <laughs> Hummel's miniatures. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah.
1: Fun-sized Hummel's. Yeah. yeah. They're literally, there's like five of them on her nightstand. Yeah, I on, didn't man. even notice that.
0: Um, that stuff like that makes me wonder if stuff was filmed out of order, mm. and oh, this was yeah. maybe filmed before yeah. the Hamel scene. You know what I mean? That
1: would make more sense.
0: That doesn't excuse it not no, ending no. up, yeah, you know. Yeah, but whatever. But still,
1: I mean, you can't like put a black box over, Re- the- yeah. <laughs> redact it, <laughs> or blur it or something. You can't do that.
0: That night, we cycle through the footage of the cameras posted up around the house at two thirty-two a.m. In Deborah's room, she gets out of bed and sheds her robe as she walks out of the room. She heads upstairs and sheds her clothing along the way until she walks into one of the bedrooms naked. A loud ringing goes off, waking Gavin and Luis in their room. Luis turns on the camera as Gavin searches to find where the sound is coming from. The lights aren't turning on and Gavin takes the phone off the hook, thinking that that's what's ringing. But it's not.
1: I want to call out the sound design of that thing. Yeah. It is deep. Yeah. And it's pretty unsettling. It is
0: Sarah and Mia come out of their rooms, and Sarah explains that the sound is Deborah's old switchboard, which hasn't worked in years. She goes to check on Deborah. The ringing continues, and Sarah calls up frantically that her mother isn't in her room. So they set out to look for her, Mia proposing that it's Deborah on the switchboard, which, you know, that's the first thing I would yeah. think. Uh-huh.
1: I think it's a little bit before this. I just want to point out how well they do not work together. (laughs) Yeah. Because fucking one of them is about to head downstairs looking for Deborah, obviously. And me is like, where are you going? I think it was Gavin. He's like, oh, I'm going to make a fucking sandwich. I'm like,
0: dude, (laughs) tensions (laughs) are high. (laughs) That loud sound is really scary. (laughs) (laughs) Can we figure that out first, please? (laughs) But a door slams shut as they're searching and a scratching sound starts. Sarah cautiously opens the door and they follow the scratching sound to the closet. Sarah approaches, despite everyone whispering to her not to. She slowly cracks the door open, causing something to fall inside and startle them. But when she peers in with her flashlight, there's nothing there. So I don't know what the scratching was. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I kind of don't want to know.
0: No. No. Something crashes somewhere else and Sarah calls out to Deborah. They finally find the door to the attic wide open, a door that Sarah says is never open. She asked Louise to go first, who correctly identifies how fucked it is that the brown guy's going first. Yeah, But he does.
1: Well, my thing is like, you're that afraid of your own mother? I'd Shouldn't be. Should well, you what be? What Well, is, it's your mom. She him. You got the light. Yeah. yeah. Like, she's better no, you, him. Yeah. Yeah. Here, you take
0: it. <laughs> oh, look at this! I can hand yeah. you the camera. <laughs> this is a quick fix.
1: Yeah. Problem solved. After you, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> oh no.
0: But he heads up the dusty stairs, passing something that looked flesh-like and yeah, bloody. Yeah,
2: no, fuck that. Yeah, uh, that I would. That's when I'd be like, "You can take this camera." No, no, one hundred percent.
0: He finally finds Deborah operating the switchboard, completely naked. Suddenly, as they watch from behind her, Deborah begins to sob and weakly ask for help. Sarah starts to cry, too, and whispers to her mom. Suddenly, a demonic voice comes from Sarah saying, oh, you ugly thing, and starts operating the switchboard, harshly putting a connector into the same (laughs) jack.
1: Is the demon mad about the switchboard being old or something? It's like, oh, god (laughs) damn This thing's (laughs) ugly as shit.
0: You didn't even keep up with this.
1: (laughs) It's dusty and...
0: (laughs) electricity starts to spark and deborah flails away from the machine in the sparking electricity though yeah. there is a face oh yeah oh yeah uh scary yeah.
1: <laughs> it's coming right at you oh yeah. yeah it's it's quite a bit it makes me think of like uh when they redid not redid like remake but re released the exorcist yeah, oh and yeah and we're putting subliminal. all the like oh yeah
0: yeah yeah the sparks stop, and Mia and Sarah rush over to Deborah. Mia tells Gavin and Louise to call Dr. Nazir. We cut to Dr. Nazir examining Deborah, taking her heart rate, and checking her pupils. But the entire time, Deborah is hyperventilating, gasping for air with shallow breaths. Sarah lays down and cradles her mother, crying as she tries to get her to take a deep breath and calm down. Deborah finally relaxes. Afterwards, Dr. Nazir quietly tells Sarah that Deborah's vital signs are normal and her brain is responsive. She says that Deborah really just needs rest. Dr. Nazir gives Mia a short acting sedative, reassuring her that it's safe if Deborah needs to be restrained. It was weird to me that she gave this to Mia. Yeah, yeah.
1: I wondered that too. I didn't know if it was just because that she's also a medical student. She's like, Oh yeah, you know what that yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> you know what to do <laughs> I don't know but you know like she's just stuck in aggressive <laughs> like, yeah. but she said she was going to be more aggressive. <laughs> exactly <laughs> she has to that's
2: her whole
0: <laughs> she's got to stick with it yeah she's got to commit dude in the attic though macho I mean <laughs> Dr. Nizia sits at the switchboard and Sarah tells her that Deborah was only using the jack with the number 337 The doctor says that means that Deborah is trying to remember something very specific. She encourages Sarah to try to jog this memory because with someone as strong willed as her mother, she's not gonna let this go. Sarah asks Dr. Nazir if helping Deborah recall this memory will finally bring her peace. And she doesn't answer. No (laughs) cuts off before she answers. I was like, that would have been nice to know, but okay.
1: <laughs> she's like, I oh.
0: I mean, just try it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't We're know. all out of ideas. <laughs> I just gave a sedative to a student. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who claims to be. Yeah. I didn't check any fucking credentials. Where are credentials. your credentials? She's obviously unethical. Right.
2: Yes. I, turns around, she's like, no, that was for Deborah. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the next morning on day 43, Gavin shows Sarah the sounds that he pulled from the camera during the switchboard incident.
1: I gotta say, this is one of my biggest pet peeves Mm. as far as like dialogue is concerned. Because he says to Mia and Luis, he's like, hey, remember when you told me to look into the audio? It's like, well, they of course remember. I feel like in it.
0: we don't even need that Like no, yeah, no. it could just be look I, I looked into the yeah yeah
1: like hey we from i pulled the audio from the film last night yeah. done yeah i was be like hey remember the other day when we were talking about how <laughs> <laughs> that was really fucking weird when deborah <laughs> you know like just don't do it i don't need that shit yeah it it, it is weird it it's- is
0: it's just clunky yeah But he explains that the gibberish at the end of the recording wasn't like anything he had heard before. He had to clean up the audio, bring it down, speed it up, and then translate it online. Yeah. He plays it, which I'm like, as an editor, were you like, that's not a thing? Or? Well,
1: I mean, it seemed like a lot. I- yeah.
0: <laughs> He's like, I put the thing down, flipped it, and, and rever- reversed yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it then to, I had to so translate. Yeah.
1: <laughs> And then he just said, oh, I, I translated it online. It's like, well, where yeah. did you send it to somebody? <laughs> did they like...
0: No, he used Google Translate. Oh, cool.
1: <laughs> Very cool. And it does piss me off what Mia says to him. Yeah. Like, she just... can. Continues to be annoying because she's like, Are you sure this is the right fight It's like, Oh, yeah, I forgot we yeah, interviewed yeah, that- a demon yeah. two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, my bad.
2: Of course, it's the right fire. Yeah, that, that too. That was again, I was like, No, why are you still doing this? Yeah, I was like, You've seen everything that's yes, led up to exactly. this. I understand that there's some things you can probably be like, You know, there's medical reasons or there's a re, but.
1: The videos This and is all. too can, much. Yeah. yeah. This Come on, like, man. Now this is a lot. Even I'm on board.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that says a lot. But he plays it, and the message is The eternal serpent will free you, child. Be my fifth. Be my fifth. I will wash you in the river. Your blood will feed the river. Sarah asks who's on the audio, and Gavin tells her that it's her mother speaking in French. Sarah's like, My mom doesn't know French. And Gavin's like, Sorry, but that's what's happening. Yeah. yeah he's like well she was doing very well yeah. last night <laughs> mia asks if he got this from the right tapes like you said yeah and gavin gets pissed off sarah asks gavin to just turn it off because that'll make everything yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> let's not listen to it yeah
0: she's <laughs> like this shit's scary yeah. <laughs> someone secretly films later from behind a tree while sarah has a drink and talks to harris outside She tells him that her mother was speaking French and he tells her to let all of that go. It's like, (laughs) I can't. Yeah, it's very
1: hard to do (laughs) Then
0: He accuses the crew of exploiting her for their own benefit and he tells her that she needs to just get them out of here. If money is the issue, he'll sell his tractor or his Suburban to help. Sarah refuses, defending the crew and saying that they're trying to help and Harris just storms off.
1: Harris is a good dude. Yeah. Right. And I mean... I understand, honestly, realistically, they should send the camera crew away. Right, right. But I want the rest of this movie. Yeah,
0: Yeah, but I want to know what happens. Later, Gavin and Louise move a large dresser out of the way so they can get into a small storage room in the Logan house. Sarah tells them this is where Deborah's switchboard records are kept. Mia digs into a stuck drawer of a file cabinet and pulls out the records for 1971 and 1972. They look over them, but there's no information on Jack number 337. Sarah has a hard time with this. Her mother is meticulous, and there shouldn't be any missing information. There's information for 336 and 338, but the page in between has been ripped out. Hmm. Luis examines the paperwork and asks if Sarah has any charcoal in the house. They do in Deborah's art room, so he takes off and returns with the charcoal and some paper. After placing the paper on top of an impression that he noticed on the page for Jack 338 he starts to shade with the charcoal making the numbers stand out everyone's like oh shit Lisa, yeah. so- <laughs> i learned to do this in elementary school yeah. and you really could have just used a pencil yeah but the way that everybody's like oh my yeah. god well
2: i'm sure none of them were thinking about that at the time
0: i would be like oh fuck why didn't i think yeah. of that but they're just like what, what?
1: sorcery yeah. is? it made me think like when your kid like draw something and you're like, look, yeah, Let's put it on the <laughs> fridge. You're like, you know,
2: well, d- if I'm doing all this extra shit, and then when they went to go find those records, she had Mia had to like shove her she hand did. inside. Yeah, she did. To finally get. Now I need a triple pay. I guess I mean? yeah, right, absolutely. Least, yeah. I went and I and get got charcoal. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, yeah. it was
0: just funny to me because he's shading it in and everyone's staring, and Gavin goes, "This is some serious Scooby Doo yeah. shit." <laughs>
1: Come on, man. Well, it makes me laugh because he's fucking over Lewis's shoulder and he's trying to read it as he's doing it. Yeah. And he goes, D DJ, DJ Raj. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. It's DJ Raj. Yeah. <laughs> In nineteen seventy one. Yes.
0: <laughs> but Louise keeps coloring until he reveals the name Hardeen. Sarah is shook. We cut to Mia looking up something on a site called Unsolved America. She reads the headline. Local pediatrician thought to have killed some local girls. And some. <laughs> Just a random <laughs> amount. I it's not a super strong
1: headline. No, I got to be honest. You would not do a headline like that. <laughs> It'd be a lot more specific.
0: <laughs> the girls went missing in the early 70s. Sarah says that even though she was young, she remembers the curfews and everyone looking for him. They ask if Deborah ever mentioned him before, and Sarah says no. He was infamous, though. There's even a documentary about him. She's like, I'm surprised you've never heard of no. him. <laughs>
1: I got to be honest, that bothers me a little bit, too. Yeah. You know, you're documentarians. You don't under, you know, especially in this region. Number one, you're going to this region to do shit. You don't know about True. local shit.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah, also but it was from the 70s.
1: That's also from the 70s. And
0: Small towns like that. I feel like they don't like openly talk about shit like that.
1: Well, no, but I mean, you're not going to go to the watering hole and they're like here, about Day Hardin, like that's not going to yeah. happen. But at the same time. They have a fucking documentary on YouTube or whatever that they can on just call YouTube.
0: up. It's not like this was on Discovery Plus. Like, give them a break. Well, it might have been. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it might have been ripped to YouTube illegally. What, right? I'm tra- <laughs> <laughs> what
0: I'm trying to say is that I
1: feel like it's a little... I don't want to say because I do like the little documentary scenes we see. Right, yeah. right. I feel like it might be a little lazy to just have all the answers a little right bit. here. Yeah, right. I'll give you that. You know, yeah. oh, you didn't see that film? I'm surprised you never heard of that yeah. okay. Pull it up, pull it up. Yeah. <laughs> part one, part yeah. two.
0: <laughs> but they do pull up the documentary, which states that there were no arrests made in the spree that left four teenage girls dead. So I guess some equals four.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they had the number, I don't know.
0: Each of the girls had serpentine carvings on their foreheads. Parts of their bodies had been cannibalized and rattlesnake venom was in their blood. An anthropology professor, Dr. Sheffer, played by Randall Haynes, explains that these killings were reenactments of a specific Monican blood ritual with the symbol of the snake eating itself.
1: I want to do positive, negative. hmm <laughs> I very much... Look, whenever you name like a killer in a movie... Right, right. You got to do well. Yeah. Right. I got to say the River Rouge child murderer. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> fucking great. That is some chef kiss Right, shit. right. But... <laughs> uh, according to the Monican tribe website and all the research that I could find yeah. they don't have any fucking blood rituals they well, never did yeah. uh, I looked it up they were actually one of the tribes here whenever fucking people arrived and settled Jonestown is the first Jamestown? Yeah. Jonestown's the no. Yeah, Jonestown is something was- else. I <laughs> was like, "Holy like, shit!" Yeah,
3: like, "Oh my god!"
1: <laughs> Jamestown, well, which I believe is the first colony, right? But they were already here, the Monacan. Wow. tribe, right? I, If I'm not mistaken, they weren't officially recognized as a tribe until 2018. Because oh, they watch wow. this? No, <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> no. Uh, I don't know why, but it took that long. But they're officially recognized as a, as a oh. tribe, and oh. in their history, there was none of this shit. Of course not. Yeah. yeah. So again, I don't understand. Just come up with, make it a cult, make it a fucking sacan- like snake cult. Yeah.
0: Maybe a, s- a snake cult. Yeah. Right? yeah. Sure.
1: I mean, they have those, right? Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: Mo Shislock sure was
1: born a snake handler and he'll die <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs>
0: But the host talks about the Monican mines, which were built over a sacred cave system that feeds into the River Rouge. They say that girls were called bleeding flowers when they first began to menstruate and they were sacrificed. The blood was then offered to a demon for immortality. The interest in the River Rouge cases came back into light when the local pediatrician Henri Deshardines, played by Kevin A. Campbell, went missing. They described DeHardin as well-known, well-respected, and known for his pro bono work. About a month after he went missing, a paperboy told the police about a house that had a horrible smell coming from it. A man describes the horrible stench and what they saw inside, as we see pictures of snakes and tokens and imagery of Ouroboros, the snake consuming its own tail.
1: That's, first of all, the coolest name of anything. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like ever. I
0: was like, I'm going to find a way to say this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I literally <laughs> wrote it here. down. <laughs> because they're just like it's the snake. Mm, no no you address uh, no, it by no. name yes put some respect on the snake
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he says that there was every kind of snake inside the house and monican symbols everywhere ultimately Henri de Hardine was dying of lou gehrig's disease and this served as his motive the narrator goes on to explain that five bodies were needed to perform the immortality ritual but they only found four Dr. Sheffer proposes that perhaps DeHardin started having second thoughts that prevented him from finishing it. But the narrator continues, there was a massive manhunt, but DeHardin was never found and he became a legend. We see Day standing behind a group of Boy Scouts with his face shaded beneath the hat. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't quite get oh that. That
0: motherfucker's scary. <laughs> legend? Is that really? Like, I'd that? say local. I'd probably say local legend or something. But No, yeah. I mean, like that
1: sounds like he's heroic. It's like, yeah, uh, it's true. He's not a legend. Uh, yeah, like, he's yeah. fucking infamous. Yeah, and-
0: yeah you're right. <laughs> <So> he <laughs> he fucking legendary, <laughs> But he says that there are rumors that he ran away to Quebec or that he committed suicide. And then the documentary just ends there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it
1: ends with like a film reel going yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, a lot of these transitions are fucking hilarious yeah. to me. Yeah. Star. Why? But- yeah. Because they've done a lot of like videotape static and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, what are you filming on, man? Yeah. Why
0: did they specifically mention Quebec or Quebec? Why did they initially, uh, like specifically, they could have just said like, Canada or like fled north. But like, I don't, I don't know. know. And it I'm like, then go look yeah right. <laughs> seriously <laughs> no, like oh well he
1: crossed the line he's yeah. lost now that's it
0: but later as deborah eats cereal in the dining room mia quietly tells sarah in the kitchen that when she got up this morning to make coffee deborah was standing on the stove sarah whispers to the crew that she's gonna ask her mother about it wait again yeah i
1: guess yeah no shit <laughs> <laughs> ma'am yeah you gotta stop this that is like, mom come on <laughs>
0: <laughs> not the stove but they join her in the kitchen, and Sarah asks Deborah if she remembers Henri Deshardines. He was a pediatrician around here from a long time ago. Deborah finishes chewing and finally says that the name does sound familiar. Sarah asks if he was a client, and Deborah becomes confused and admits that she doesn't know, but she thinks so. Sarah continues that he went missing about 30 years ago, but Deborah says he's not missing, he's dead
2: oh shit here yeah. we go
0: again Sarah's-, <laughs> Sarah's like how do you know that and Deborah slowly says murdered
1: well I got a note here because she goes mad her. yeah and I'm like mom you gotta stop yeah. being so scary <laughs> I'm just trying New to get children. to the bottom of this. my
0: friends are never gonna want to come back <laughs> Sarah's like murdered and Deborah suddenly gets up and rushes away from the table Sarah follows her into the bathroom. We cut to Mia knocking on the door and we hear thrashing and moaning inside. Sarah runs out asking Mia to stay with Debra so she can go call an ambulance. Mia and the crew head to the bathroom where Debra's laying sprawled out on the floor and next to her mouth on the floor in like a projectile spray like she threw it up mm-hmm. is dirt with wiggling worms in it.
1: So this is very successful for me. Oh yes. yeah. It's a frightening sight. There's even some like on, on the, the toilet. toilet. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot. Did you know that it was supposed to be way worse? No. In the original plan and even what they brought to set to do, Mm -hmm. like they even made an apparatus for it. You had said about the bleeding flowers. Yeah. It was supposed to happen in the conversation at the table. Uh She had a blood pack in her crotch that was supposed to explode. Oh, Oh wow. That was like the bleeding flowers. Yeah. And then she was supposed to like vomit all over the place with the dirt and the worms but the machine that they had malfunctioned and it exploded everywhere and covered everyone in dirt and worms. Oh, my uh. God. <laughs> I read this on Horror News Network and Robitel said that it ended up that they just did it in the bathroom that way. <laughs> and it's, it's just better. No, yeah. I was going to say, it, I feel
0: like it's more successful yeah. because that is a fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. lot. <laughs> to like everywhere? Like, come on. It's a lot. And again, it's uh, the horror
1: of the noises and what you don't see. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It just works better.
0: But we immediately cut to Deborah being sedated in the hospital, mm-hmm. and it is day 45. Watching her from behind glass, Dr. Nazir consults with another doctor, Dr. Leader, played by Lee Spencer, who thinks that Deborah's symptoms are indicative of split personality disorder.
1: Which is not
0: the term? No. Yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure he would have said dissociative identity disorder, mm-hmm. but
1: go off. They even used to in the olden days. Yeah. Multiple personality disorder. Are you a doctor, ma'am? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on at this hospital? hypocampus. Yeah. she's like, yeah, we're looking at scans of her, Brian. uh." (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like, are you guys okay? (laughs) We're not coming here anymore. (laughs) But he admits that that doesn't explain the skin issues, but they're still running tests about that. Standing behind them and taking all this in, Sarah finally gives her input. She puked fucking earthworms.
1: The look on her face is priceless. She's like, are you
0: fucking kidding me? Mm -hmm. They give the explanation that Deborah is a gardener and she has tried to swallow things before which is true but y'all clearly did not yeah, see all the soil I and fucking
2: say, i'd be fucking mad yeah, yeah. like for real dude
1: i mean i get i mean if you're thinking logically you're like well all, putting all the pieces together she probably ate some worms and dirt right didn't agree with her <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it hurt her tummy a little bit
1: yeah i think that makes a lot more sense than what's really going on yeah
0: but this pisses sarah off But before she can react, they hear chaos happening in Deborah's room. Someone yells at a man that he can't be here. And when the camera pans over, we see that Harris has rushed into the room and is being pulled away from Deborah's bed. Louise is filming and he's like, oh, that's her neighbor, Harris. It's like, we know. We know, Louise. Why? Later, Louise sets up a camera in Deborah's hospital room. And from 518 to 615, we watch Deborah sleep until a nurse comes in to check on her. Her vitals are checked without incident. I was like, that nurse is yeah, about to yeah. get it. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I think that might have been false tension. Because yeah. Yeah. I was very scared. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Back at the Logan house, Sarah tells Harris over the phone that Deborah obviously knew Dehardine. She tells him not to bullshit her because it's clear that he was her client. She starts to yell at him, saying they did what they did because Nazir advised them to. Deborah was obsessed with De and speaking in French. Finally, she hangs up on Harris.
1: <laughs> I gotta be honest, I thought that I was starting to have theories about Harris mm-hmm. yeah. and it ends up not being at all what I thought. Yeah. But I thought he was going to get off the phone. He was going to be like, calm down, mon ami. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's you. But no. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I thought that that was my theory. <laughs> but no. He's just gambit. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, oh,
0: Back in the room with the computers, Mia tells Sarah that they thought Harris was being shady to protect Deborah, but maybe it was to protect himself because he's a Frenchman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> she shows her an article that they found detailing the fact that Harris was taken in for questioning twice. Eyewitnesses saw him skulking around De Hardin's home and the crime scenes. We see flashbacks of Harris interacting with Sarah and Deborah as Mia unveils her theory. Gavin is skeptical, but she posits just maybe Harris wanted to protect the girls and murdered Dayhardine. We see Harris and Deborah gardening as she continues. His best friend Deborah covers for him and buries the secret so deep within her mind that only the disease could bring it out. I mean, it's I feel like it's a solid yeah, theory. It's not too bad. Gavin says that Dayhardine De isn't declared dead. He's just missing. It's like, okay. And like that doesn't mean anything. I
1: was like, you just talked to him on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) I was still really married to that theory.
0: (laughs) Sarah has reached her limit and asked everyone to just stop and order some food for dinner. As they start to argue about what to order, there's a loud booming sound outside.
1: This is where I was like, maybe you should have written dialogue instead. Because Mia goes find somewhere, somewhere salad. I'm like, what? Yeah. Is this? He's like, yeah. There's a fucking salad out here. Yeah, yeah, like, okay. yeah. And, and Gavin, of course, this has to be an what? asshole. Yeah. <laughs> a salad emporium. Yeah. yeah. So he couldn't even get Starbucks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but they peek out of the window, and the boom happens again, accompanied with a blast of light. Everyone realizes that the sounds are gunshots, and they hit the deck as Sarah says that there's a man outside in the yard. And I'm like, the man that Deborah's been painting? Yes. Yeah. They creep into the living room and turn off the lights. When they look outside, they see that it's Harris. He's shooting up the crew's van with a shotgun. They yell at him to stop, but he doesn't, and Gavin calls the police. The camera cuts out, and when it comes back up, they're peeking through the window, and the cops are there.
1: This, for me, also kind of has no payoff. Yeah. Kind of. Like, I okay, in my head, Harris is de Hardeen, <laughs> and he's fucking up their van so they can't leave. Right. None of this is accurate. No. (laughs)
0: no. (laughs) Sheriff Tweed, played by Tanya Bloodsworth, approaches Harris, who's affable and drunk. He leans up against the front of the house, still drinking. When she asks him what's going on, he laughs, telling her that he was trying to have some target practice when their van got in the way. He's
1: got jokes. (laughs) He's
0: happy as fuck. He is. She asks what he's had to drink tonight, and he says just a couple beers. She takes his gun away from him and puts his arm around her shoulder, helping him to the cop car. Inside, she tells Sarah and the crew that Harris is going to sleep it off in the drunk tank and that they're more than welcome to press charges. Gavin is like, fucking absolutely, I'm pressing charges, Mm -hmm. but Mia says it's not necessary. She'll take care of getting his windows fixed. I don't know. Mia's fucking made of money. I'm like, "I I don't know. The sheriff says to just let her know whatever they decide to do. We cut to Sarah and the sheriff outside and Sheriff Tweed says that there are rumors in town that deborah has been hurting herself and she asks if there's anything that she can do. Sarah makes a joke that she can move in with them. It's just her and her mom living there but it helps having the crew around.
1: I think they kind of had a missed opportunity here. Yeah. I would have loved if the sheriff was the girl that she got caught. kissing. I
0: I literally rewound it because she says the little girl's name. Yes. And then so I'm like, oh, my God, that would be so like cute. It's it's not. It's a completely different name. Because
2: they're really relaxed with dude being out there drunk and shooting. And there's
0: some there's like a a chemistry or something. I don't know. Like they've known each other. Well, because even later, she's like, look, you've known me or something like that uh i thought that would have been really cute and i was like oh i totally missed that and yeah. i went back and no i didn't yeah.
1: i was really bothered because i was like man not only does that make it more important for sarah right later on it would be much more impactful oh, yeah, yeah it would oh, but yeah. instead it's just like oh yeah it's just some random sheriff okay yeah.
0: but the next morning the crew stands outside and gavin yells at louise to get the camera out of his face as he gets in the van mia disparages him for starting a project and leaving in the middle over a window Gavin's like it's not only the window. The window is yeah. the icing on a shitty cake. See,
1: Mia is trifling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fucking unacceptable. You yeah. know
0: you know this wasn't about a window. No. Yeah.
1: That's the least of his worries. Yeah. yeah
0: he reminds her about the window opening and closing the switchboard deborah levitating onto a counter in the kitchen he warns louise that this is his last chance because the train is leaving the station <laughs> but louise tells him he needs this paycheck and that gavin does too mm-hmm. gavin responds with a fuck you to both of them and drives away i was waiting for a pivotal moment for gavin to ride in and help people <laughs> yeah. we never see this motherfucker what? <laughs>
2: <laughs> See, this is this is what I did
0: like, yes.
2: was that. Yeah, yes. he's like, I too I'm spicy for the pepper. Uh-huh. Like, honestly, if I'm going in doing some student film shit or some anything, and then shit gets to, and I have that chance to leave. Yeah. Nah, we yeah, I'm gone. <laughs> yeah. You hired me for this. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're cool, but we're not that cool. No. Uh, and you've seen all the same shit that I just seen. Uh-huh. You witnessed the same shit that I, you know what I mean? Yeah. We've all been here together i i this isn't some group psychosis shit or no. Whatever. no i'm gone you can come or you can stay
1: it's very much blair witch project because this is not the project we signed up for no yeah, not at all so no. uh if we have the chance to get out of the woods let's go ahead and do that yeah oh yeah and i did think that his horn was insult to injury yeah that- <laughs> <laughs> i
2: don't
3: know what
1: that song is but it was the
3: yeah. <laughs> i was
1: like come on man <laughs> that's, yeah. that's i excessive. was like what
0: the fuck was that yeah <laughs> Back at the hospital, Mia and Louise go into Deborah's room to find her bed empty, and Mia rushes away to find Dr. Nazir. On hospital surveillance cameras at 3.01 a.m., we see Deborah wandering around the pediatrics ward. Mr. and Mrs. Minetti, played by Dave Blomy and Melissa Lozoff, cry as they tell police officers that when they came back into the room, their daughter was gone. Mrs. Minetti says she doesn't understand why that woman did this. And the officer assures her that the hospital is locked down and they believe Deborah to still be in the building. But on the surveillance, we see Deborah entering the East Wing with their daughter, Cara Minetti, played by Julianne Taylor.
1: Now, again, this is where I start feeling like, why does this have to be found footage? I understand the budget. It's a lot cheaper to be found footage, but now Luis rocks up to the hospital and he's like, "Ooh, these parents!" and he fucking films that. Yeah, gets perfect sound on it. Like, there's a well, lot. Well, yeah, I yeah. guess that's true. You I'm know? just
0: like, oh fuck, we're, <laughs> we're take the little girl.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think I think that's to me. It was kind of hard to kind of stay in that yes so i didn't mind the music when there was because i was like okay half of this is found footage and half but it's not no yeah but i, I was like well, i don't they know did, what's happening
1: they
0: bolstered it with security footage they yeah. did say yeah,
1: that but but i mean i've seen films where it's like partially found footage right you can do that yeah, yeah. that's fine
0: well you know what <laughs> no i don't shut
1: up <laughs> <laughs> When that's your defense, that's I, all I <laughs> I know that I've won.
0: <laughs> the crew, Sarah, Doctor Nazir, nurses, and officers here on the walkies that Deborah was seen leading Kara into the abandoned wing in the hospital, possibly to the kitchen. It's funny because they're wandering into the dark kitchen, and the walkie's like, "She was seen entering the." It's like, yeah. okay, <laughs> yeah, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> they wander into the kitchen with their flashlights because there's no electricity here anymore. They call out to Deborah and get a loud thud in response. Sarah asks who Kara even is and why Deborah would bring her here, and Dr. Nazir admits that she doesn't know, but Deborah had whispered something to Kara to get her to follow her. They hear a whimper, followed by another loud thud. They continue to search until Dr. Nazir finds Deborah and Kara. They both stand in what looks to be an old walk-in fridge with their backs to the door, holding hands and facing the wall. Dr. Nazir cautiously approaches Deborah with the syringe readied, she calmly tells her that she knows Kara's her friend and she can come visit her whenever she likes, but she needs to let go of her.
1: I thought she was dead.
0: Yeah, me too. I was like, well, Dr.
1: Nazir is out. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is the same fridge they just checked. Yes.
0: Oh, you're right. Yeah. I forgot about Ooh, that. That's scary. <laughs> she successfully takes away Kara, who looks very, very sick. We learn later that she's a cancer patient. She looks
1: asleep as well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: She like dazed at least, mm-hmm. but she doesn't have to use the syringe. Deborah slowly turns around and glares at them. We cut to her being restrained and tied to her bed while she screams and fights. She babbles in an unknown language until she sobs and succumbs to the sedation. She's like, mon ami, mon ami. Yeah,
2: <laughs> she's not having a
1: good time. Yeah. <laughs> Don't hold me, mon
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think, or
1: unhand me or whatever. I think that this is very successful to me because the way that they're cutting back and forth. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like okay, one cut for Deborah, one cut for Dehardine. Yeah. One yeah. Cut. It's very yeah. yeah. It's in her performance. Yeah. It's incredible.
0: But in the next scene, Sarah talks with Father Vitali, played by Jeffrey Woodard. He tells her that he can bless Deborah with oils, but an exorcism really is in the realm of science fiction and just not feasible
1: the catholic church is the one that has yeah yeah. but that's
0: y'all's thing (laughs) yeah i've
1: seen films
0: (laughs) (laughs) tearfully sarah says that she used to think the same thing and she still might but they've tried everything else we see surveillance of deborah writhing in her hospital bed still in her constraints before going back to sarah and father vitali he tells her that exorcisms are something that they just won't do but sarah says he has to have a mentor or know someone who will he tells her to just accept her mother's condition but sarah is adamant that there's something else going on he kind of sucks dude yeah. yeah i was like why do we even have the scene because yeah like, yeah like, no you, shit. you're lame as fuck <laughs> <laughs> like thanks for the comfort he's like look fucking get over it okay yeah. like
1: and he's drinking fucking coffee yeah <laughs> i don't know why it pissed me off to see him drinking like
0: <laughs>
1: maybe because i love coffee and i'm really upset like, <laughs> about what he's doing here but it really bothered me i don't know
0: but we got to footage of harris in the crack of a door He sits next to Deborah's bed and cries. Mia's like, what is he doing here? It's like, he's not allowed to come visit his friend. No,
2: but again, he just fucking shot up. But she
0: literally said he was just going to spend the night in the drunk tank. They weren't keeping him. I
2: mean, I still, I get it's a small town, but you're openly discharging a firearm into a vehicle and Mm -hmm. you're drunk. Yes. But you're out the next day.
1: Apparently.
0: That's just Harris. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But Sarah says he's been coming for the last couple days and to just give him space. That night, as Sarah smokes a cigarette outside the hospital, Mia tells her that she got in contact with Dr. Sheffer from the DeHardin documentary. In the next scene, they're in his office. After watching a video of Debra, Dr. Sheffer gives his theory. Deborah has become so obsessed with the local boogeyman of Hardine that she believes she really is him. Sarah says it's more than just that, and that's why they've come for help. And he finally offers that some cultures believe in spiritual parasites.
1: I Again, I would be a little offended that that's what he thought. Yeah. Yeah. He's
0: like, wow, that's crazy, bro. (laughs) It's like, what the fuck? It's
1: like, she obviously caught my documentary on
0: YouTube, (laughs) and she's obsessed. But he says when a mind is weak, it is susceptible to invasion of vengeful entities, particularly among the very old, the very young, and the infirm. He says that when he lived with the Bantu, he knew a mother who lost her son to typhoid. She was so overcome with grief that she held on to his corpse for over a month. He shows heartbreaking pictures of the mother as proof. He says that he couldn't help her and she succumbed to madness, taking on her son's voice, mannerisms, and personality, becoming him. It took two months to break the spell. This kind of threw me off because it was an infant.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, that's right. But his
0: voice and his mannerisms and right
1: uh, mannerisms of an infant she, was she shitting herself she
0: was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i don't know i don't know i, uh, I feel like if the child was older it would have made more sense because yeah. they did say an infant right or did i i don't remember what they yeah. said yeah.
1: i'm taking your word for it because i trust well, I you i saw
0: in the in the photo she's holding a baby
1: oh well then that doesn't make any sense at yeah, all. yeah i wow. don't know
0: but anyway we're not gonna look too close <laughs> but um He says it took two months to break the spell. Sarah asks how it was broken. And Dr. Sheffer says that a witch doctor came and burned the boy's body. Purification by fire. They
1: put way too much stock into this. Yeah. Like
0: they have nothing else. Fine. They have nothing else to hold on to. Mm. It's like, we're about to burn this bitch down. Like (laughs) what else can we do?
1: I don't know. Talk to a third person. No,
0: (laughs) We don't have time for all that. Mm. Sir, it's day 60. (laughs) Oh, that's true. Dude, two months we've been. Yeah. Holy shit. It cuts off and we come back on day 60 in Deborah's hospital room. Harris enters and watches over her before undoing her shackles. She weakly tells him to shut the door and he's like, you got a boss. (laughs) (laughs) He goes over and they hold each other he whispers to her that they don't have to do this but she weakly responds with the request that he kill her harris grabs a pillow again you got a boss and brings it down hard on deborah's face smothering her she tries to fight him but he holds her down but the tv and it's not funny i'm sorry no it looks funny tv in the corner begins to shake until it flies across the room and hits harris in the back of the head (laughs)
2: That thing is shaking like oh, nuts. N- oh yeah, no, you don't! Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I look. I this is again another point that I was like, this doesn't need to be found footage. Yeah. The fucking here's okay. Here's here's the thing you see from three different angles this entire scene. Yeah. There's a lot of cameras. No, yeah. that's the problem. There's a, there's a, you get a view from her nightstand at her at the bed. Right. But when we get the wide shot, there's no camera on her, unless her lamp is a fucking camera. Yeah.
0: Uh, do you know how small they can make cameras nowadays? This is 2014. Yeah. They had it in the pen on her nightstand. Oh,
1: really? There was no pen on her nightstand. <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs> I'm interesting, am There was not one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I inspected right, the shit out of it. The little figurines were still it. there. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the eye of one Of the Hummel (laughs) figures, apparently. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I just, I don't know. You can have it. This could have been effective from one angle. Yeah.
2: I didn't even think about that because dude only did put that one camera in there and that was it. Yeah.
0: Listen, what I will say is I, stuff like this really annoys me on found footage films, but it didn't, I didn't even notice half of this when I was watching it. So I feel like that I have to give credit to the film for that you're like why fucking (laughs) no i think
1: my thing is and we talked about this every found footage film we've covered yeah i have that set of criteria Mm -hmm. yeah why are you still filming who's filming and how did this footage get to me right and they've got the a couple of those answered but a lot of times they just don't need to be doing all that they're doing and it only creates problems for you know fucking assholes like me
0: right (laughs) all right yeah but when the crew arrive at the hospital, there are fire trucks outside and Louise rushes to the door saying that Dr. Nazir told them something happened to Harris. Sarah rushes into a room where they're prepping Harris for surgery. She lies and says that she's Harris's daughter and asks for just a moment with him before they take him in. The nurses run off to get security. It's funny because she's like, thank you. You're a sweetheart. And the nurse is like security. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She grabs him and lowers her ear to his lips, telling him to hurry with whatever he has to tell her. He weakly says that Deborah heard DeHardine on the switchboard and that Sarah was going to be the fifth victim. Who was he talking to?
1: I don't know. He's dude. like, listen, I'm
0: about to get that Sarah low. <laughs> 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 it's like, who are you talking to? They were going to take her to the caves at Monican Mill. She asks if Harris killed DeHardine, but he says that Deborah did in the neck with her spade in the conservatory. No, he says that they buried him alive, but he begins to cough so badly that he can't answer anymore. Sarah's promptly taken away by security and Harris calls after her. The statue.
1: Yeah. Now it made me laugh because they did conveniently get B roll of that statue. earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it meant nothing to them then, but I did want to say that I feel like him being day would have been more satisfying than this reveal to me the fact that he's just her father, I, that's cool and all. He's
0: not her father. Her father died. She
1: called him dad. She lied, she lied So to she could be talk to be able to talk to him
0: before surgery. Was I not paying attention? No. Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought that
2: too, and then I rewinded it, and I was like, oh, okay. I think
0: the first time I watched this, I thought that that was a twist. But uh-huh. no, she's like... I'm his daughter. I need to talk. That's how she gets in. And the nurse is like, security. Can I
1: tell you why (laughs) I probably wasn't paying attention? Why? Because in my head, I was thinking about whenever... (laughs) <laughs> this is so oh stupid. God. When the TV hit him, and then he survived later. I was thinking about in Scream when Stu got hit with the TV, yeah. And I was like thinking of bring him back, yeah. <laughs> bring him back. I was for like, six. if fucking Harris is out here, like I always had a thing for <laughs> you, Deb. And then he's fine in the next scene. I'm like, well, maybe Stu could be back. And then I'm like, she calling him okay. dad. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's her father. When you came back online, yeah. oh shit. Oh wow.
1: Probably should have been paying attention. Yeah. No, it was a lie. <laughs> oh okay. Um.
0: Also, he says that Deb killed him with her spade, and then he's like, we buried him alive. It's like, wait. No, you didn't. Well, he just got clocked in the head, dude. He's like, I don't know what the fuck's happening. I might be day or
1: (laughs) It would have been more satisfying.
0: (laughs) Whatever's a better ending. Yeah, it would explain
1: why I shot up that kid's window.
0: (laughs) But we cut to them running in the woods by the Logan house that night. Sarah finds the small statue on the ground with loose dirt underneath it. She starts to dig it up and Mia and Louise are like, this is crazy, man. <laughs> but she screams at them to just help her. Mia does immediately. And finally, Louise puts his camera down to help, too. He does admit that the soil feels different, but they still think that Harris is just an old man saying crazy things. Dude, <sighs> come
2: on, man. Unbelievable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Despite the fact that they haven't found anything, Sarah is still convinced. Just when they're about to give up for the night, Sarah's shovel hits something hard. Using her hand, she digs the rest of the way to find Deborah's Spade. For They bury that fucking Spade deep, yeah. man. Like, <laughs> I thought it was gonna be the body. Yeah, me too. But no. Nope. She says that Deborah got here first and they rushed to the house.
1: I just want to uh, point out. I don't know out. when that happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, she said yeah, that's also an issue. But well she's fucking jumping on countertops and shit. I don't yeah. know. She, she can do whatever she wants. Yeah. But Sarah says she got here first and Mia says, Who? <laughs> yeah,
2: that I have that right here. I was like, How dumb are you, dude? Are you what what the fuck have we been doing this whole time? The entire film. Yeah. She's
0: like, and you might uh, yeah. Yeah. be begin- <laughs>
2: Right. So we have the grant money. Can yes. right. we start? It's like, what the fuck? Did you get hit with the yeah. TV? She blocked
0: it all out. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's just unbelievable. Much. But they rush back to the house. As they search, Sarah explains that Deborah is a hoarder and has a place for everything. De Hardine's body is here somewhere. She says he's in control of her and that he had her dig him up and keep his body. I feel like she's taking some leaps here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, because they're like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah.
2: I like, Maybe explain a little better. Yeah. <laughs>
0: They find nothing at first, but Deborah notices a huge wet stain on the ceiling by the attic door.
1: I thought that that was the actual corpse just Yeah, I did too. I was like there's a corpse shaped
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have found it, guys.
1: <laughs> but I was wrong again.
0: But she remarks that it shouldn't be wet because it hasn't rained. She pulls down the attic ladder and they climb up, making Luis go first again. Mm -hmm. As he does, he's like white people in their basements and attics before (laughs) remarking how bad it stinks. They find something wet on all the boards and slats before finding a burlap bag.
1: So what was the stain?
0: I don't know. It it honestly looked like the jelly from fucking the Blair Witch. (laughs) I, I really don't know what it was. I guess blood. I don't know. All right. Because Mia touches it and Louise is like, don't fucking touch that.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, even if it's, well, blood doesn't make any sense either. Day Hardin's been fucking dead.
0: Yeah. It, I don't know why it was wet. Okay. It kind <laughs> That's of my answer. like, uh,
2: I guess, like the ectoplasm from Ghostbusters. Yeah. I, I, was,
1: like,
0: yeah, I was
2: like, what the <laughs> fuck? She I, did say she's a hoarder. I thought yeah. that too. I was like, the body's
0: right there. When they yes. open it, the, yeah. it's going to
2: fucking fall down or something.
1: Nope. Not at all. Is that concentrated evil? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: But they pull out the burlap bag, unearthing even more stench. Sarah peels the bag open and screams at its contents inside. It's Dehardine's body. I'm assuming decomposed because the bag is quite small. Yeah. Yes, it is.
1: Now so but then now I'm also confused because <laughs> did they fit him for a tiny bag? And they're like, Well eventually when
0: He'll he'll fit later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I don't know. Mia refuses to touch it but Sarah says she will because they have to do this she's like I can't fucking thank you enough like it's so I don't know I just love her so much and then they rush back downstairs
2: yeah but she's she's like help me and she's like no no no, well she's, she's like, like I'm yeah. not touching
3: it
1: yeah. she's like
0: I'll touch it just help me burn it
1: now it just it made me laugh because it is very heartfelt when she thanks them yeah but we can do that later yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sarah sets the body in front of the fireplace after determining that Dr. Sheffer said the body needed to be burned, which is like, uh Mm -hmm. uh-huh. Two minutes ago, Sarah and Mia start to set up the fireplace. They're stopped though. When a hissing sound starts to come from the bag, they move the bag to reveal several black snakes. Now, like I said, I am rewatching Dexter and you know, they do the little like recap like in every episode yeah in season five there was a body that they cut it open and snakes came out and deb goes holy frankenfuck snakes (laughs) so i'm like literally i could not stop that's all that was playing in my head well i look (laughs) i
1: i love jennifer Garbenter, but it's very funny to me to think that a person would have frankenfuck on their brain (laughs) to use in that moment
0: i would even wager that nobody would ever (laughs) like i would i would bet that that would never happen but as soon as those snakes came out, I've even put in my script. Holy fuck. <laughs> like,
1: hey, well, it was in your brain to say it
0: was. If it ever well, happens God in your it. life, yeah,
1: <laughs> you got it in the chamber.
0: But they scoop everything up and throw it into the fireplace. Sarah and Mia try hard. Mia even getting sprayed in the face with lighter fluid, which didn't seem no like yeah. that was scripted. I laughed. Yeah, <laughs>
1: Sarah was like, "I'm sorry." She's like, I'm, I'm sorry. Was, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was more.
1: Anne was like, "I'm yeah. oh, sorry." <laughs>
0: But for a long time, nothing happens. The fire finally takes, and they all turn to leave. But a blast comes from the fireplace, throwing Sarah, Mia, and Luis across the room.
2: Something's wrong, and I'd like to leave. Gavin, <laughs> you, yeah, come, yeah, Gavin,
0: come it. pick me up. Seriously, <laughs> come pick me up. I'm scared. I did,
1: I did laugh because I think Luis thought they solved it all because yeah. he had like an action hero tony. He goes, "Let's get the fuck out of here." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, no, and then it explodes. So I was like, no.
0: They run outside and Sarah says that something put out the fire and the body didn't burn. From the porch, they see someone, Deborah, a figure, I don't know, something, standing in the window and they run into the woods.
1: I assumed it was Dehardine. Yeah. That
0: makes that makes sense.
1: Because it's very shaky cam. Oh yeah. But yeah. you see someone. Oh yeah. It looks it, and just for that
2: small second, it looks creepy as oh, fuck. Yeah. It does. I agree.
0: But Sarah's phone starts to ring, and when she answers, she's told that Deborah has broken out of the hospital. (laughs) She runs back to the house to get DeHardine's body out of the fireplace.
1: Was it with the explosion that we got that subliminal Ouroboros?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because that was another one that I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. That got me.
2: I had paused it, and I accidentally landed right on that. No shit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because the I saw when the electricity is popping, I mm-hmm. saw that with my naked eye. Yes. I did not see this. He paused it right on it, and I was like, oh, fuck.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, what is that? I I enjoy
2: it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah.
0: But Sarah busts into the hospital, and although Dr. Nazir and security try to keep her from her mother's room, she pushes her way in to find blood all over the bed, kind of in the shape of Deborah. Mm-hmm. Dr. Nazir tells her that the security guard downstairs is being treated for anaphylactic shock due to snake venom.
1: Okay. Holy yeah. and fuck!
0: <laughs> we see footage of Deborah arriving in her bed at 2.31am before removing her hand from the restraint. Sarah talks to an officer as Mr. Minetti screams at another officer asking where his daughter is. Why did you leave the room again?
1: Yes. Was nobody watching this? Yeah. Game? We're going to oh another hospital. Yeah. Like we're,
0: I, I, don't, I mean, I don't know what can we're, be done. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to another hospital and we're
1: suing this hospital. Yeah. Either
0: she is, it's either her or us. Like, I, don't know.
1: <laughs> I do want to point out that when you say she removed her hand from the restraints, she literally removed her hand. Yeah. Because she degloved herself.
0: Oh, fuck. I don't even think I saw that. Yeah,
1: because she's made a fruit roll up now. Yeah.
0: Did uh, Mike Flanagan (laughs) have anything to do with this? (laughs) Not a fan of hands. He hates hands. (laughs) But we see footage of Deborah and Kara standing in front of a security guard at the rear exit. He tries to stop the two of them, but Deborah bites his neck. And when he falls to the ground, she leaves with Kara. So she snake venom dumb
2: yeah yeah i was like well, she gave him a hickey and he died was <laughs> it gonna he's it, like oh god i can't.
1: No. he's like i'm too turned
0: on <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: i don't know
1: um <laughs> guys it was just it was over quick it, it really was, was. Like, that was it hey was anybody else surprised that she's like a snake now yeah uh, a little bit but like you know
0: a, s- a lot of shit's yeah. happening to you. i can't really it's a lot of moving parts stop, yeah <laughs> <laughs> stop to dissect every piece of it <laughs> she's Deborah, she's Day de she's Snake. It's a yeah, lot. It's okay. A- snake! <laughs> <laughs> Outside, an officer tells Sheriff Tweed and Sarah that Deborah stole a car from the hospital parking lot. <laughs> Which, like, I know that it d- makes logical sense, but the fact of her, like, hot wiring this car was really yeah. funny to me. Instead of just, like, Showing up where she ends up or mm-hmm. walking, mm-hmm. the car thing made me laugh.
1: Well, I did learn on a nature documentary that snakes are really good at stealing <laughs> cars.
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so it all it makes sense then. Yeah. So come on. Sarah tells the sheriff that they go back a long way and she needs her to trust when she says that she thinks Deborah went to Monica and Mill. In the car, Sarah tells Mia that she has to complete the ritual with the fifth girl. He's going to the cave system. Mia says that she's going to fill the syringes given to her by Dr. Nazir as they come up to an, uh, an abandoned car, which is the stolen car. Mm-hmm. Sarah deduces that Deborah has gone forward on foot, which bang up John yeah. <laughs> With police help, they pull up on Deborah and Kara, holding hands with their backs to the cars. They get out and approach slowly, led by Sheriff Tweed, who calls out to Deborah. Kara is turned to face them, but she's in a trance. She calmly tells them, don't hurt him. He's a nice man. He's going to wash me in the river. She keeps repeating this over and over. It's fucking creepy. Yeah. I love this song. (laughs) He's a nice man. Oh, shit. I just put a beat behind it, man. (laughs) Calmly and slowly, they place cuffs on Deborah's bleeding hands, and everything seems good until Deborah starts to spit something at the officers. I'm assuming venom. <laughs> yeah. One goes down with his face burning. Deborah fights them and gets away. And when Sheriff Tweed says someone needs to get the wounded officer back down the mountain, Mia tells Luis that it has to be him because she can't leave Sarah.
1: I, look, I understand. Yeah. Character, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. I do think that her pleads are a little hilarious, yeah. Because she's like, "It's gotta be you, man." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why is she a stoner now? But I did appreciate that she was kind of turning around. Yeah. Yeah. Because she has kind of been awful. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: But in disbelief, he complies. He's like, "I can't fucking believe yeah. this."
1: Shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, but in all fairness, he's been leading the charge and everything they've done. Yeah. yeah. And so it's good that we know that he is definitely going to survive. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: He hands the camera over to Mia and assists the officer back towards the cars sheriff tweed sarah and mia continue calling after kara and deborah with the light of the camera they realize that they're at the river rouge mentioned in the day hardeen documentary and it like comes as a surprise but it's like well, duh you're at the fucking yeah. right you <laughs> came to the <laughs> mill like, yeah. and, I'm, I'm
1: and you knew you were going to the cave yeah because yeah, mia doesn't mia she's like is that the river rouge from the documentary <laughs> Yes, <Yeah. I'm laughs> guess-
0: <laughs> <laughs> no it's a
1: different yeah. river <laughs> <laughs>
0: But they finally find bloody footprints leading into a building. Tweed tells Sarah that she's going inside to get Deborah. Now alone, Mia confesses to lying at the beginning of all this. She lied about her grandfather. Sarah's like, I don't give a shit. You're here now. Which Sarah's... Yeah. 10 out of 10.
1: Yeah, I mean, I appreciate you Sarah. You bitch, get <laughs> out the yeah. like, What well, yeah, I mean, what she supposed to do? And it, a lot of good that does now. Honestly, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Either. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> like, you've been lying to me for two months. <laughs> either. <laughs> you're just sad because you're about to die and you're trying you to gotta unbur- get it. Yeah. Here? Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to get into heaven,
0: so. <laughs> I lied. I lied. <laughs> He's in New Zealand. <laughs> I'm, I'm from I'm New from Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Sarah tells her that she doesn't give a shit. They peek through the window as we hear the sheriff call out to Kara. Suddenly, a gun is fired and a bullet breaks through the window next to them. And fearing for Sheriff Tweed, Sarah and Mia head inside. Shortly after entering the mill, they find Sheriff Tweed in a pool of her own blood with snakes around her. So yeah. it's like, okay, yeah. I guess she's that's dead. It.
1: Is that just her calling card to leave snakes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 the crime scene?
0: Holy Frankenfuck. <laughs> 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 they run into the cave system and the light begins to flicker on and off. Mia is in a panic and Sarah tries to calm her by giving her the camera back so she can have the light. And when it comes back on, Sarah is gone. Mia hears Kara screaming and runs in the direction of the sound to bump back into Sarah. They find the cave where they've hidden, but Mia refuses to go in. Sarah says that if they don't, Kara's going to die. And she's like, just give me the fucking camera and I'll do it myself. Mm -hmm mia does follow though and sarah cautions not to touch anything or the cave is going to collapse <laughs> great yeah it's <laughs> just keeps getting better <laughs>
1: <laughs> she's no, like shit. it made me laugh because i was like well she's like i used to be a minor and then i was like well we kind of all used to be minors, yeah. you
3: think it.
1: <laughs> minors. <laughs> yes but i do think that there needs to be more mind-based horror yeah right they're inherently creepy they're places. so oh, fucking yeah. scary my bloody valentine mm-hmm. the good one not the right yeah <laughs>
0: But they crawl through the tiny tunnel and it's filled with snakes before they make their attack. She's like, get the fuck out of this. They're just like <laughs> yeah. hitting yeah. the snakes. Right. like, hey, live yeah. <laughs> I live here. I goddamn live here. <laughs> <laughs> but they come up with a plan. Sarah is going to inject Deborah with the sedative. Deborah will be out. So De Hardine will be weakened and they'll be able to burn his body. This is a lot of guesswork. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense.
1: Barely. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, <laughs> none of this makes sense. No, but that's true. In the rules that have been set, this makes sense. Mia's job is to grab Kara away from Deborah. First, though, they turn the light off so Deborah can't see them coming. Our view switches to night vision and Sarah readies the syringe as they come up to them.
1: I'm going to allow this, <laughs> although it is pretty convenient that it also has a night vision right. setting. But uh, you know.
0: uh, Tell me your camera doesn't have night vision without telling me your camera doesn't have <laughs> <laughs> I'm, <broke>, I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing or not.
1: I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's more expensive. I don't know, dude. I don't know.
0: But Deborah holds a snake in front of Kara, who's still transfixed. It's like the scene when charlie's dancing for dennis on sunny Like i don't don't
1: know what's happening here i don't know either
0: but everything is completely quiet as sarah approaches her with the sedative at the ready suddenly though deborah turns around and screams causing everything to fall into chaos deborah tries to bite mia Mm -hmm. but sarah saves her and suddenly both deborah and kara are gone but they can hear kara crying sarah takes out a gun uh, yeah, <laughs> and through the flickering light of the camera, they go deeper into the caves. After them, they finally find them behind a huge rock. And when they come around, you no, know, this is the part where everybody's I know yeah. y'all been waiting for. <laughs> Deborah's jaw is completely unhinged, and Kara's entire head is inside as she continues to swallow it further.
1: This is a lot. It's, yeah. It
0: scared the <laughs> shit out of me the first time I saw this. Yeah, I... I gotta tell you, that's the last thing I was expecting to see when, yeah. they, when they came around the side of the rock.
1: Go, her going full snake? Yeah. Yes. Now, I will say that I was a bit rattled. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> rattled. <laughs> it
1: uh, caused me to recoil. <laughs> <laughs> and there were times that I thought I could hardly snake it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it's <laughs> God damn it! It's the most iconic thing from the film, one hundred percent. And I think the majority of it was done practically because they built a jaw. Right, like it just it looks great. It, it looks, looks so good. fucking yeah. good.
0: But after a moment of stunned silence, Sarah shoots Deborah in the head, causing her to let go of Kara. Sarah begs Deborah to fight him, but Deborah just turns and screams at her with her newly gigantic mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Finally. Debra begins to wail, and it seems like she is fighting. She stops it long enough for Sarah to inject her with the sedative.
1: Sarah's like, ooh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever has the doctor shit is (laughs) now.
0: Now I'm too (laughs) drinking. Now I'm Macho Man. Yes. She begins to scream and fight, but they're able to get Kara away from her, and Mia takes the child. Debra stares, and Sarah sets Dejardine's body up and takes out her lighter. Mia's like, we've already tried this, but Sarah says they haven't tried it here. The body goes up in flames immediately. Deborah screeches and the walls of the caves shake as the body booms with a small explosion.
1: At that point, I was like, okay, maybe they were right. Yeah. <laughs> had <Hardina> dynamite in his pocket. Why'd they bury him with that? No, sh-
0: <laughs> the camera cuts in and out. And when the dust settles, Deborah is sitting alone, crying and calling out for Sarah. And looking at her after all this, it is so fucking sad. Yes. It's so sad how she looks.
1: Well, she's been through. Yes. Yeah. She was just a snake lady. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, shit's been rough. Sarah... You thought it was bad to watch. Yeah. yeah.
0: No shit. Sarah goes to her mother and sees that she's hurt. She holds her as Deborah continues to sob. We cut to a news report that shows Deborah being loaded onto a stretcher. Reunited with her parents in the hospital, Kara is alive and okay, but the anchor confirms that Sheriff Tweed is dead. She's like, don't worry, don't yeah. worry about
3: that. <laughs> she could like, be safe. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: and that multiple officers and hospital staff were seriously injured. A correspondent outside of the eczema courthouse says that Deborah Logan has been found medically unfit to stand trial for the sheriff's murder, and things are itchy. I don't know. <laughs> 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 things are,
1: things
3: itchy.
0: are uncomfortable and itchy. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I first of all, that's great. But <laughs> secondly, I, I I gotta say. They literally have footage of Deborah turning into a snake woman. Yeah. Right. But we're still talking about putting her on trial. Yeah. You're not going to use this as to say, hey, Not only was she not in her right mind when this was going on, but she was also a fucking monster. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I'm sure if it went to trial, they would have, but they said she's medically unfit. But that doesn't matter.
1: Like, she shouldn't even be charged. They're like, it's
0: inadmissible. Yeah, Yeah,
1: they probably
0: would. What, if
2: she's a snake woman? (laughs) No, they'd probably be like, we can't use any of that that footage. That's not real. It's
1: like, dude, we... (laughs) Like, I promise. I swear to God, (laughs) though. (laughs) Give me that Bible. (laughs) Believe me. (laughs) <laughs> don't believe me as she lies but no. <laughs> i'm, being but I'm
0: honest. telling the truth they say it's been months since everything happened and the reporter says that deborah's physical condition has deteriorated rapidly to the point where she can hardly speak another reporter stands outside of the minetti house it's kara's 10th birthday and they're celebrating that she's in full remission from her leukemia her parents are very happy cutting the cake and celebrating with her kara now has a full head of hair. When the reporter asks what she's going to do with her ripe old age, Kara says she doesn't know. He tells her to make a plan and she says she has one, but it's a secret. The reporter's like, well, all right then. (laughs) (laughs) He thanks her for the invite to the party. And as he signs off, Kara looks at the camera with a devious expression. The reporter says that it's an unbelievable story with such a happy ending and it cuts to black and we get the title, The Taking of Deborah Logan, Piano Plays and the Credits Roll. So, T's already making a face. <laughs> what did you guys think of the taking of Deborah Logan? I do
2: like this movie. I enjoy this movie. I enjoy it a lot more not having to take it apart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, there there are some... I feel like a lot of my problems are just nitpicky, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, it is having to take a look at it and take it apart. and But I, I do... Enjoy this and if, if you've never seen it, please watch it. Yeah. Like it is good and for only being an hour and a half, things move quick. Oh yeah. yeah. they
0: they pack a lot of yeah. time.
1: <laughs> I I was making a face. Yeah. <laughs> I will cop to the face. The thing the reason I made a face is because I'm like, okay, so now this sweet little baby child is the demon now uh she's day reincarnated or whatever
3: well so uh, was
1: the last ritual not even killing a kid was it snaking the kid inside your fucking giant mouth uh, like what's the end of the ritual well
0: we don't know well i'd like to (laughs) know yeah (laughs) (laughs) but we don't know that and so was day
1: turning into a snake and because he only killed four people like i want to know she was
0: uh i mean maybe she did die maybe the child did die when she was being fucking swallowed and then she was reborn as DeHardine. But it was a split second—the yeah.
1: second that she shot Deborah. Uh, she also shot kid, her
0: in the fucking head with the child's head in but, her mouth. But the
1: kid was like too fast and ran. <laughs> <laughs> she, she ran around the rock. I saw it. Yeah. So I just—I mean, I don't know.
2: I—I—I <laughs> I, I don't like the ending either. I'm not gonna lie.
1: My <laughs> issue is that it—it it could have worked. Right. And I there's a there is a. I don't want to say there's a universe where I really like the ending. Maybe maybe
0: maybe she's not possessed and she's just a very devious child. (laughs) She's just gonna start (laughs) fires and shit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I look. I don't want to appear to have come down too hard on this film, right? Right. Because I actually enjoy watching it and it is a ton of fun. Mm -hmm. But just like JP said, when you're watching it for the show. You, you notice shit that you never noticed before. Yeah. yeah. And so I always thought, like, watching the ending previously, I also always thought that Harris was Sarah's dad. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> shows how much I fucking pay attention. But whenever we get to the ending, I'm like, oh, shit, he's reincarnated. Yeah. It's a frightening prospect. Right. But how? That's yeah. where I, I just want to know. Because if she had killed her, then it should be Deborah that has immortality, right? Because it was the immortality of the fifth yeah. kill. Yeah. Is what I was told. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's what we were led to believe, right? Yes. You need to kill these five young girls and then you become immortal, not yeah, but you become the fifth
0: yeah. kid. And it could have been a monkey's paw situation where they don't, They don't that's know. what y'all interpreted, but that's not what it was. Well, well, that's like not they, what they <laughs> said. <Yeah. I> feel <laughs> like don't they put it, it, it on me you No, know no, I'm saying y'all, the <laughs> documentarian in the, oh. I'm just saying, in oh. Day Hardin. I don't fucking know. No, I like know. this
1: movie. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why he stopped. He's, he's like, you mean I gotta be a little kid? Yeah. No. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> never mind. No, I don't want do to <laughs> I already did that once. I was a minor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> As I already said, I really like this. I feel like it. I liked it the least this last time watching it just because we have to be so like, wait, that doesn't make sense or uh-huh. whatever. But I still really do like it. And I think mm-hmm. that if you don't look too close or ask too many questions it's really great and i don't say that in like a don't ask questions like a (laughs) shitty way like if you just watch it for what it is i feel like it's a really good time there are very scary moments Mm -hmm. that ouroboros moment with her Fucking mouth is terrifying. That looks scary as fuck. Oh hell yeah! Which sucks though, because if you look it up, that's the picture everyone uses for yeah. everything. Yeah, and I'm like, just let that be surprised. If people haven't seen yeah. it, like, goddamn.
1: I, I saw. I read that one of the producers was like, that should be the film poster. I was like, don't no. make that. Oh no.
0: <laughs> why? <laughs> Are you out of oh your my mind? God, that makes me so <laughs> angry. <laughs> but no, I I still really like it. I feel like for me, it's really ann Ramsey and Jill Larson. 100. Um, percent Yeah. I feel like I would be a little more yeah that doesn't actually make sense because I know logically a lot of it doesn't right, make sense right. but the strength of their performances I like care about them and yeah. so I'm willing to kind of like that's just a little airborne like yeah. it's, it's fine it's but still good
2: I think I think you said it earlier T like they they have a presence in the movie yeah mm-hmm. so you care for them uh-huh. these kids not so much no and, I and will, they're I will in it that. a lot of the time yeah so i mean half
0: of the cast you don't give a shit about well, That's kind of tough yeah. it is hilarious to me though that gavin dipped and fucking
1: he's like watching that news broadcast he's like oh fuck yeah he's like i'm wow. glad they made it yeah. out yeah <laughs> 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 it's like the sheriff oh damn yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that could <have> been me. <laughs> So I guess we can kind of roll or no, we can slither into ratings. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm sure I'm going to have the highest score here just for the simple fact that I am giving a little bit more for the performances and for the fact that maybe Anne Ramsey will listen to this and want to be my friend one (laughs) day. We can only um, hope. I just, the performances really sell this for me because I feel like in a lot of films, especially like this, People get possessed and they're like, oh, she was a sweet little girl. And it's like, yeah. okay, we never like saw that. So, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, we saw who Deborah was and just the deterioration as the film goes on. Mm-hmm. It's like, fuck, you know? Mm-hmm. And Sarah is just such a believable daughter. Not, oh, my God, we've been best friends since I was little. But, like, no, this is a real lived-in mother-daughter relationship where there is pain and there is i'm sure some trauma oh yeah right. but the chips are down and i gotta take care of my mom like it, it's just it felt very real and authentic and uh some of the visuals man like i just i wow mm-hmm. there were moments in this the first time i saw it where i'm like i'm fucking scared like, <laughs> and that does not happen for me very often but no. i have got scared a couple times yeah but I know that there are a couple plot holes. Uh, it's funny to me, too, that now that I'm thinking about it, we never even know if Harris lives or dies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um,
0: so I hope he pulled out okay. Yeah. Of, um, but I know that there are still some questions left. And no, I don't know exactly how the little girl gets possessed. Mm-hmm. But if you just watch it, it's like, Oh fuck. Like yeah. it's that moment because they don't explicitly state anything. And I got to say, I hope they never make a sequel. I hope no. we just oh, leave yeah. it at that. <laughs> I don't want to see, fucking shit yeah. I
1: don't want to <laughs> see Kara in
0: 30 years. You know, I don't, I don't need that. This is fine. But, um, as I said, I know this is going to be a little bit higher mm-hmm. and that's fine. But I, on a scale from one to 10 burlap body bags, <laughs> I am giving the taking of Deborah Logan eight out of 10. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I said it was going to be high. Okay. I really, the first time I saw this, maybe because my expectations were so low, I was kind of blown away by what they were able to do with this, especially in a 90 minute fucking found footage. Right. Horror film mm-hmm. was not expecting this caliber of performance or of scares. No. Um, when I rewatched it again this time, I kind of landed around a 75 but I'm just going to give it that extra push just for the character work mm-hmm. of Jill Larson and Anne Ramsey. Because they just, wow. Yeah. But I will now open the floor. I'm getting a little bit of a side eye. No. So-
1: <laughs> I'm staring directly I at will- you.
0: <laughs> From the side of my face. <laughs> but I will now open up the floor.
2: Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you on this. But hmm. I do enjoy this movie a lot, mm-hmm. but just watching it to watch it. Yeah. Watching it and stopping and, you know, having to take notes and see every little thing, it does hurt this movie a lot. But I feel like because it's so short. Mm-hmm. So if you start to break it down, then you're starting, you're messing with the integrity of the flow. Or, you know what I mean? The flow yeah. of the movie. So yeah, that's like, a really a good
0: point. I wonder what they could have done with 15 more minutes. Yeah. Maybe well
2: and that and then the the students it's like I don't really give a shit about you guys no No, that's then like you said Gavin leaves we never see him again (laughs) he's just fuck it (laughs) um and and the ending the ending kind of I was like man this whole movie's great and then when we get to the ending and then you know the little girl smiles and I was like why'd you do that I was like (laughs) I I was like fuck you you know what I mean it I'm glad that fuck you. (laughs) Look, I'm glad that the, I even uh, ca- catch that. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that she's better. Like, <laughs> the cancer's gone. Yes, I but, feel like that was a lot. <laughs> well, uh, look, the dude told us again: five girls <laughs> yes. had to be sacrificed. Then no, they right. were asking for immortality. You tried to eat this little girl, got stopped. Howard, how, and we watched you burn and all the spirits go away or whatever. Uh How did you do that? Did you suck in the
1: spirit? Yeah, what happened here? She breathed in the cave. Yeah, don't do that. Hardin was like, whoop! Yeah.
2: <laughs> just dived Smooth in. Smooth talked his way or something. that yeah. right? is French, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh, oh yeah. no, <laughs> it's take my soul. Yeah, it just kinda of was uh, it was just I was like, man, it was it, that's kinda of hurt it for me. Mm-hmm. Um but I do enjoy watching this movie as is, just like that. So for me, on a scale from one to ten, burlap body bags. I'm going to give The Taking of Debra Logan a 7.5. Only only because I do like it. I know that if I watch it without having to stop, I'm still going to enjoy this movie. Right. And for what they do, you know what I mean, with you're saying the budget they had, it's fantastic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is good and... Like, I never knew when she was at the switchboard when the lightning pops that they show the face. This yeah. was the first time I seen it when your sister's watching. And I was yeah. like, me too. we've seen it a, uh, Couple ma- times. Yeah, a yeah. few times. And I was like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? And the same thing when I paused it and the thing showed up. I was like, holy fuck. I never seen that before. Mm-hmm. So me even still finding new things about it. I was like, OK, that's cool but the ending did hurt it. Uh, you know what I mean? The, I probably would have gave it an 8.2 or an 8.5. Before. Something I did like, the, but seeing that, it was like, oh man, you guys suck. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> the crew. Yeah. You lied to them at the beginning. Yeah. You You know what I mean? You guys don't work together well. You don't believe your fucking, don't. you know what I mean? They're showing yes. you stuff that's going on here. You have audio, you have video. You're still like, I don't know. <laughs>
0: it's like, motherfucker, for real? Yeah. I
2: See why gavin left
0: absolutely yeah Yeah. i get it no i would have been in the van as well Mm -hmm. yeah
1: i respect both your scores (laughs) (laughs) i'm not coming at this from a place of like complete negativity No. Uh yeah there's a lot that i really enjoyed about this film like you said nay it really comes down to jill larson and ann ramsey Yeah. yeah the character work that they're able to do in this film it's I think that it might be one of the strongest points of the film. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's just incredible. in the fact that they have such a good rapport and chemistry mm-hmm. as actors, it only sells everything better. Yeah. And God damn, Jill Larson threw herself in this role. Oh, yes, yeah. She did. It's impressive. I also think that it had great work with the special effects. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, and I enjoyed the grounded medical documentary turning into a fucking nightmare. Yeah, yeah that's
0: another aspect of it is the the medical part because this is a legit reason for them to be filming everything Mm -hmm. yes and i mean i maybe it's personally that is a my fear so maybe i'm already primed to be scared yeah um but that good point because i didn't mention that that's that was a huge part of it for me too
1: i definitely appreciated that yeah i my thing negatively is i just feel like it breaks a lot of my found footage film rules Mm mm-hmm and it also breaks a lot of my film rules. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I mean, my thing is like, if you're going to tell us something, y- it, you have to stick to it. Yeah. You're making the rules. I didn't ask you to yeah. do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you say five and you get to live forever, that's what I'm expecting. Right. And then when you, <laughs> to be honest, I love it a lot. But when you drop this fucking snake shit on me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't even know what to think. And I don't know what happened to Day Hardeen. As far as like if he was starting to get a little snaky or not. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's that's one thing that I wish they would have fleshed out more at flesh no, yeah. because yeah. they her, would have scaled out a little bit more. Her yeah. skin. Yeah. Her skin. Like yeah. that would have been nice to learn that Day Hardin, the same thing was happening to him or, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. I don't know. That's like, yeah. And I'm changing my score and I'm just yeah.
1: gonna- <laughs> Was he like notorious? He was obviously notoriously evil. Right. But is his spirit like snaky now to where when he possesses Deborah, she becomes a snake or was, like, I'm just, I want to know.
0: Um, Yeah. You yeah. Know?
1: And then why isn't fucking Kara looking scaly?
0: She's too young. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> She's like, you know, everything's cool.
0: She's been shedding
1: her skin yeah. a lot. <laughs> but outside of that, I mean, we're really glad to have her back. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. But uh the other thing is the character, like the other three. These are our leads, basically. Yeah. I understand they're behind the camera a lot. But give him something. Yeah. I mean, I we all enjoyed the Scooby-Doo bit a little yeah. too much, I think. <laughs> but I don't know. I would have liked a little bit more with them. And then to set up Mia as a liar, the first thing we know about her. Yeah. yeah. Not a great I'm thing. telling
0: you, that was for the character arc, for her to now be like, I can't leave Sarah.
1: <laughs> but I love I love how <laughs> it's setting up the character arc, and then Sarah's like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> I guess that's just the end of that. <laughs> But no, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a very enjoyable film if you just watch it. It's a ton of fun. It's a very interesting take on found footage. And even with all the negative things I said, for me, it is one of the better found footage films to just watch. Yes. Even if it breaks a lot of my rules. Right. Mm -hmm. But for me, out of 10 burlap body bags, I am going to give The Taking of Deborah Logan 6.5 out of 10- what the fuck is (laughs) it burlap body bags i was i really wanted to give it a seven but the more i think about how the legend itself is betrayed yeah i'm like but that was the whole
0: thing you're not wrong you're not wrong
1: but i mean it's a good film it is and it's a ton of fun watch it yeah. I'm trying to save face because I know a lot of yeah. people are going to be mad at me. They're so <laughs> like, wow. Wow, Travis. Yeah, no, please.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, please don't go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate the taking of Deborah Logan and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the ThePodmortem. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at Blood and Smoke, at Real Streeter 84 and at Travis and WH. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special shout out to our Wendigo Gitter patrons. And remember, be careful when you go digging around for answers. There are some secrets that should just stay buried. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned for a special thank you to our Wendigo Getter patrons. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> a special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Melanie Van Husten, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M, Jordan Nash, Kent Morton, Guy 54, Lala Thomas, Travis and Hunter, Miguel Myers ATX, Mandy, Jennifer Perez, Pierre Lombard, Allison O'Neill, Carissa, TJ Bronson, Gabrielle Trevino, Spooky Mom, Andy Teague, Applin Antaveras, Karima Rhodes, Antonio Huerta, Kimberly Kleindienst, Will Brown, Linda, Sydney Smith, Osvaldo Soto, Jonathan Booth, Bobby Holmes, Donna Eason, J.D. Rezac, Molly Gerhart, Armand Spasto, Aaron Aguirre, Eggy, William Berry. Brittany Ramitar, Charity Oxner, Amanda Six, Mandy Rainwater, Garrett Rogers, Jordan Roberts, Danielle Peralta, Dylan, Melissa Sierra, Holly Bryan, Alex Schultz, Jordan Blevins, Michelle Moore, Liz Heath, Spencer Montalvo, Pancake the Panda, John Ramos, Michael Newding, Alexius Roberts, Dan Laveau, Itzy M, Gary Horton, and Amanda Alev. Thank you guys so much.
1: Yes, thank you. Yeah, we appreciate all of you.
0: (laughs) Yes, I got to say that we love each and every one of you, and that ain't no spinal cap. (laughs) My kids say that cap Uh, means lie. My kids. (laughs) I'm trying to get us in with Gen Gen Z. We're doing our best, like whatever generation, (laughs) whatever the next one is. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time.